0: Yes, we are live. We be live. <laughs> Hi. Hello. No, you sh- what happened? You're supposed to say hello. Hello. Yes, of mm. course. Especially now. Okay, never mind. That's a too soon. Too soon for a joke. Um, huh? <laughs> you know the hello. That's a queen's high. Hello. It is? Yeah, yeah, John Stewart made that famous. Like, hello. That's like making when he makes fun of the queen. But it's too soon. We can't like,
1: like I didn't even I realize pe- that. Oh really? I was gonna <laughs> like, in the honor of
0: in memory of the queen.
1: Please. <laughs> well maybe maybe it's appropriate. Yeah, <laughs> maybe <Yes. the> memory <laughs> live on whatever.
0: No, we can't. Um by the way, the queen dying, like you have no idea. The monarch Iranian monarchist they're, like, jumping on this. They are taking full advantage of this because, like, look how an advanced country, like the United Kingdom, look how they're celebrating the monarchy. No, I think I'm
1: very aware of how they're dealing with it.
0: Yeah, so they're, like, me, anti-monarchists like me, they're, like, look, you think, like, this is, like, part of, um, you know, is backwards. It's ancient. is part of the dark ages. If it's so backwards, how come advanced countries like the United Kingdom are celebrating the monarchy in such a way? So like, like you are, you're the backwards one. You don't understand that the most advanced, the most happiest countries in the world have monarchy. So that's what they. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just got, you yeah. just got coffee, didn't you? That's what you get excited with.
1: I thought I did, co- and then he took it away. Okay.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, such a thing. I was. I was browsing. Oh my god! Jumped... No,
1: it is. He did deliver it. <gasps> Wait. Do you want to say hi? Say hi. I. I. I've been... Oh guys! By the way,
0: we're gonna to get to the news. Don't worry. Like we have. uh oh, that's so cute. Hi. Hello. Hi, <laughs> oh, I I can... oh, yeah. There we go. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Hi, that's that's Bobak (laughs) everyone. I cannot hear what the audience says. No, yeah. It's okay. It's okay. It's
1: okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay. Anyways, we
0: should get done. in this.
1: For people who don't know, Bobak does Atheist Republic Persian.
0: Yes, he's he's my co-host. Now both of my co-hosts. My English co-host what is he doing? And my Persian co-host are now and <laughs> like together.
2: <laughs> oh, please, safe guy. Okay. Okay.
0: Okay. So okay, okay. Okay, go now. Go right, away. Go. Shoot. <laughs> he says go I away. That. I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> go, go. That's enough. That's enough. All right. We need to get to the news. So, guys, we're gonna be covering the news. We're gonna be covering um uh, like Get into the comment section, but all right, uh, we're going to be covering um, news on atheism, secularism, religion, mostly religion. Susie, how is it? Susie, you said you're going to not be distracted by Bobak today. Once we get into the news, now you're constantly distracted. <laughs> All right, are we gonna? Are we gonna do the news? Yes. Yeah. All right. How is the news today? Is it going to be tragic? Is it going to be funny? Is it ridiculous? Is it wholesome, heartwarming? or in between hmm. the mix of all of them?
1: So, there's a fair amount of stuff that is just, like, outrageous. Mm-hmm. Okay. Some stuff that's not the worst. Um, and then some stuff that is... I, I always think it's good news when there's Islamic stuff that is so ridiculous that we get to dunk on it and just highlight mm-hmm. how ridiculous this stuff is. So, I actually think that's good news, even though technically what they're doing is bad. You know what I mean? Um Yes. So, uh, stuff like that.
0: Okay, good. So, nothing, like, too tragic today. We, we we can clap most of the time.
1: Most of the time. We have two that are legit tragic.
0: Okay, two, only. two out of ten. All right, can we clap for the first one?
1: Yes, we can.
0: Yes, okay. First this is news. hilarious.
1: I can't nice. get over this first news, guys. I have so much to say. Okay, wait, let me, I have my screen set up differently. Okay, let me get into it. Okay. First news, survey finds that American Muslims are more Islamophobic than most religious groups.
0: Wow. What does that even mean, though?
1: Okay. The American Muslim Poll 2022, a politics and pandemic status report by the Institute for Social Policy and Understanding, or ISPU for short, has found that American Muslims are more quote-unquote Islamophobic than most religious groups, or at least the religious groups that they surveyed. Um, ranking third overall, uh, <laughs> ahead, uh, They they ranked ahead of Jews, Protestants, unaffiliated, meaning atheists like us, and the general public. Using the quote unquote Islamophobia index, um, a measurement, which is a measurement of a group's endorsement of anti Muslim stereotypes, the ISPU graded Muslims at a 26 out of 100 in the index, behind Catholics, who were at 28, and white evangelicals, who were ranked the most Islamophobic, at 30 out of 100. Um, Irul, so they ranked
0: two? Well, the only, two, the no, no, only... three. Oh, three. They were okay, third. so. Cath- Okay, there were th- Out of how many? Sorry. Out of how many? Um, you
1: know? Let me see. There was Jews, Protestants, unaffiliated, general public, Muslims themselves, Catholics, Atheist. and evangelicals. So Atheists? Seven.
0: Atheist? Atheists?
1: Atheists are unaffiliated.
0: Unaffiliated. Okay. okay. Yeah. How do we so, rank?
1: Well, no, we're going to get into it. Okay. Okay. Um, irum. Ikramula, a co-author of the report, explained that minority groups, quote, can internalize negative stereotypes about their community. Abed Ayyub, the legal and policy director of the Arab American Anti-Discrimination Committee, sees the rise of Christian nationalism and white supremacy as the primary influence on how American Muslims view their group and urged his fellow Muslims to discuss differences within their beliefs before, quote, right-wing media spaces fill that void. Okay. Mm. So, this is this. Wait, 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 wait,
0: wait. I want to think. I, I think that there are other explanations, but th- this is just like blame everything on the white man situation, isn't it? This is like this okay. cannot be. They some legitimately. Internal, oh yeah.
1: They okay, legitimately yeah. did blame this on white Muslims. Okay, so they have <laughs> they they can't explain.
0: This is like the God of the Gap situation. This is the white man of the gaps, right? Okay. So, but yeah. Go in on.
1: in the show notes, you'll see that I put two things that we can look at. So the first one is just the general overview of how each group ranked. And then the second thing to show is actually the breakdown of races within Muslims. And if you look at that second page... Um, you'll see that white Muslims, according to their measurements, do legitimately rank much higher in the Islamophobia index than Arab Muslims, Black Muslims, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera.
0: Right. I have I have some theories on this or hypotheses. Okay. okay. I think there are multiple. So they went they went just like oh it must be the right leaning biggest. Okay, and it might be. Okay, it might be. But they haven't exhausted all the possibilities. It's amazing that they, from all the possibilities, because the study doesn't show the reason. Okay, but they have to just like uh, go, like they go in, like focus on that one explanation because it's just the easiest way out. It's just the easiest way out to uh, blame everything on like right-leaning um, Western bigots, right?
1: There um, is d- so much about this report that is so politically inconvenient. <laughs> It's no, actually really. crazy. <laughs> oh, it's it's crazy,
0: <laughs> right? So one explanation might be um Muslims having issues with different sects of Muslims, you know what I mean? Because like you being part of the sect of Islam that you are, if you if somebody asks you about general Muslims as a whole, when you re- when you think about general Muslims as a whole, you're gonna think about all the other sects of Muslims and you go like, yeah, all those MoFos, right? Like, I don't like them, right? And but that's like not the most convincing uh, theory I have. I think it also might be, and this is just a guess. I have no idea if this is true. American Muslims, when you tell them what do you think about Muslims, they're thinking about immigrant Muslims, okay? When you go to an American Muslim, Maybe. and think, oh, what do you think about Muslim, they what comes to their minds are outsider Muslims, and they're scared <laughs> and they don't like them. Right? They don't like them. And in fact, a lot of them are interested in providing barriers for them not to come to America. Uh, not just because they're they were like, of them. I
1: came to America to get away
0: from that. Yeah, they're like, We there's a reason why we left that world behind. <laughs> but it's it's can it really be like that though? Yeah, but also also Because they think like they're gonna, their behavior, like these other Muslims that they're afraid of, is going to make other Americans think badly on them as well. So we're like, we have we have a reputation to uphold here. We have been working so hard in making Americans think highly of us. You know, we have invested millions of dollars in this, and we're like even having high-ranking politicians in, like, Congress and everywhere. Like, we have worked so hard on this, right? So if you just open the door to all Muslims, they're going to come here and they're going to, (laughs) like, destroy this reputation that we built, uh, worked so hard to build, right? So that might be something that might be one reason why they're in in favor of, like, closing the door. Okay,
1: uh, Armin, I'm going to give you a huge... Uh, a huge props because you basically got into something that this study talks about, about why they think oh. this is the case. So I'll read from the study. You basically just guessed you, it. Don't even
0: need a study. Just come ask me.
1: <laughs> I, know, I, Zach, I, I knew you were going to say no, that. I, I'm, so I'm here's a quote. Another noteworthy noteworthy and alarming finding were that the disproportionately negative views among white Muslims who are the most likely to report experience seeing some regular religious discrimination. So out of all the different races of American Muslims that they surveyed, it was the white Muslims who say that they experienced the most discrimination. Um, Some studies on internalized racism- By who? I, I can't get into that right now. Um, some studies on internalized racism have surprisingly found that endorsing negative stereotypes about one's own group is associated with a higher locus of control. So what that means for those who don't speak psychology terms is basically that when you face a form of discrimination, if you endorse some of those discriminatory ideas, it's a way that you gain a more of sense of control because you're basically separating yourself from the group. So they say this suggests that internalized prejudice may actually be a defense mechanism against the trauma of bigotry at the hands of the dominant group by agreeing with those in power, but believing that one has the choice, aka that's how you're establishing control, to not be like those tropes. Mm. To not be like the stereotypes. You're and like, then yeah. so-
0: oh, this is like a this is like a, um what is it called? Token black person or token trans person. You're like, if you, okay, so to be fair to, kind of like when you come on, like, you know what, right-leaning bigots, you're right about trans people, okay? Most of them are the way that you're saying they are, but not me, I'm the special one. Please let me in, like, kind of like that. Like, I'm, I'm like the good trans person. Like, I'm, I'm not like those other black people, like, please, you know. Yeah, so it might be, it might be. Yeah, okay, that's interesting. Okay, go on.
1: Oh my gosh. So- Anyway, so it says more research is needed to fully understand the why and how of internalized Islamophobia. Hmm. This concept of internalized Islamophobia doesn't seem entirely consistent to me. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I,
0: yeah, what does that even mean, though? Islamophobia. Like, How are they defining it here? Because basically,
1: like what they mean is anti-Muslim My sentiments. Why is Ant- calling it calling anti- This
2: is... But there
1: is so much we need to get into. This is crazy. So I was diving into it. First of all, we need to understand the Islamophobia index as they call it. So the Islamophobia index is measured in terms of how much the person surveyed agrees with five statements. So I will give you the five statements and then they are measured individually per statement. One, most Muslims living in the United States are more prone to violence than others. Two, most Muslims living in the United States discriminate against women, and then I'm just going to cut out the United States because it's like very wait. Different.
0: Most Muslims discriminate against women.
1: These are the statements, and then they measure how much the person being surveyed agrees or disagrees, okay. and that's how they measure the Islamic. Does it opinion.
0: have? Does it have an I don't know option or no?
1: Um, not that I'm aware of. You okay. can just it's it's a scale of how much you agree or disagree. So. Most Muslims are hostile to the United States. Most Muslims oh are less civilized than other people. Most Muslims are partially responsible for acts of violence carried out by other Muslims. What's so
0: the, last the, read that, read the last one again. Last one. The
1: last one is basically collective guilt. Most Muslims are partially responsible for acts of violence carried out by other Muslims.
0: You want, you want to answer these? You want me and you to answer this here on there? Or should we oh. do that? Yeah. So you read the first one. Let's me Well, I would,
1: I would disagree with basically all of these. Me too. Because especially okay. because the the impetus is on the word most.
0: Yeah, most. I would say more than other people on average. Okay, but the question is not like compared to average, is it higher? The question is mm-hmm. most. And if it's asking most, exactly. my answer would be no to all five. But if the question would, would be relative to average, are they higher? My answer would have been probably yes to all five. It depends. But it doesn't, yeah. Wait, to all five? Let me look at it. Most against. Yeah. Relative to average, they they score less, but not most of them. So,
1: yeah. So, yeah, okay. we will,
0: me and you will be, uh, get zero out of five Islamophobic then. That's weird.
1: Honestly, yeah, we would rank lower than most American Muslims. Then,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, we me, basically what this says is that me and Susanna think better than of most Muslim, American Muslims than American Muslims, and they then they tell me and Susanna that we're Islamophobic. Next time, and next time, an American Muslim tell calls us Islamophobic. Tell them that we actually think high, higher of them than they do. Yeah, there you go. Yeah,
1: so. Um, one thing that I think is really interesting is that, um, they, okay, so then in, maybe I can pull up my show notes. Like this might be, um, good to actually get a display because it's not very easy to pull up in the PDF. Let me see if I can, cause I put screenshots in my notes. Let me see if I can share this. Sometimes my computer gets upset. Okay. Okay um can you see this maybe yes. I should zoom in a little bit okay oh shoot okay here we go so here's the first one one quarter of Muslims agree with the trope that Muslims are prone to violence so 25 percent agree of Muslims okay but here, here okay in the blue we see disagree how many of this how many of the groups Muslims are or Muslims or American Muslims? In all of these, insert United States, insert okay. American.
0: Okay. No, no, okay. But so, insert American in the first Muslim or the second Muslim? So, one so, or both of All of, of
1: them. this is about the beliefs American towards Muslim. American Muslims.
0: American Muslims. Okay, okay, okay.
1: Um, so, this is all domestically focused. Okay. 1 quarter of muslims agree with the trope that muslims are prone to violence. Okay, but let's look at this. Okay, so the disagree, they're all in blue. Jewish people most highly disagree with that statement.
0: Wow.
1: Out of every group, who agrees with the statement that muslims are prone to violence the most? Muslims agree the most. The
0: most. Wait, maybe they don't think that's a negative. <laughs> maybe, like, like,
1: maybe they're like, hell yeah! <laughs> yes, we are! You I don't do it. stuff. So. <laughs> it's hilarious. No, and then here's the thing. This is so important. So on all of these five questions that are make up the Islamophobia index, they also look at who was born into the Muslim background, born into the Muslim faith, and who converted. In every Mm. single one of these factors, because I thought, oh, okay, well, it's all these white Muslims that are driving, apparently, according to the authors, it's all the white Muslims to blame for this. Mm. Here's the difference, though. I thought that they would be referring to converts. No. On every single one of these measures, it is people who are born Muslim, quote-unquote, who are more likely to agree with these statements than the people who are converts. The people who are converts are substantially less likely to okay. agree okay. with the stereotypes.
0: Maybe, maybe, okay, here's another theory. Okay, maybe, like, I've seen, but because they're part of the community, okay, so they've seen a lot of darkness. <laughs> they're like, let me tell you, I've seen something. This channel. was my point.
1: <laughs> yes. I was like, what if there is just growing awareness of more yes. internal issues within the community?
0: Yeah, they just know, they're just too close. They're too close to the problem to deny it. Maybe. But here's the thing. But, even, so but here's the thing, even even if even if that's their perception, their perception is not accurate. Okay, like because maybe they see a lot of dark stuff, so they have a perception that there's a lot of problems there. But the question is, most of them are most Muslims prone to violence, and most of them aren't, to be honest. Okay, like most of them are not even most like most of them would faint if they see blood. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm serious. Like not. Well, I mean, I'm exaggerating, but I just don't think like like maybe they've seen some things that makes them think like, okay, our community has serious problems with violence, okay? But their their personal experiences does not represent the vast majority of the community. Like for that, you only need to refer to polls and stuff like that, yeah. yeah I mean, to be fair, American Muslims are, you know, for you to get most Muslims being prone to to even agree with violence, not prone to violence, just agree with violence. You have to go into, I don't know, like... Pakistan or Egypt you know or Palestine you know you don't get that from American Muslims and even when you go to Egypt or Pakistan you don't get people that do violence themselves mostly you get you get people that will sign off to you like yes I don't know kill kill they'll a endorse but it yeah I won't do it myself but I'll endorse somebody else doing it like
1: even then that's what you get
0: so American Muslims no you don't get that like yeah
1: Palestine. yeah okay This report is so disingenuous too. Okay. So also I thought this was so interesting. Muslims born into the faith are more likely than those not born into the faith to agree that Muslims are misogynistic.
0: Wow. I mean, almost a
1: quarter of those who are born into it agree.
0: This must be based on personal experience.
1: And then this, this is where the report gets so disingenuous. I hated this. Look at the title of this figure. Muslims as likely as Catholics and white evangelicals to agree that Muslims are hostile to the United States. Look at this figure though. Okay. Again, we're looking at orange, orange for agree. Catholic. Okay. 11%. White evangelical, 12% as likely no they're not they, as likely they are the most likely at 19 percent.
0: well what's the misleading title then because what it, the hell it, it,
1: you, it, yeah as likely no they're more the most likely what are you talking that, about it's so disingenuous
0: what i don't understand why why would they show the graph are we missing something here maybe we're missing something here why would they show the graph that shows something else and have a title that is saying something different?:
1: Okay, I mean, technically, in some ways, they are as likely because not only are they as likely to be as to, to agree with this statement, but actually more likely. So technically, wait, wait. as likely is still true. <laughs> See you what know? I mean? no because if but, it's as likely that means that we're reaching you no know, they're equaling their baseline but in reality it's actually above that baseline but technically it still met and exceeded that baseline so as likely is technically true but yeah. i was like are you kidding me
0: yeah that's weird
1: this is why i go read these guys when i they should have reports have- to you
0: Thank you, Susanna. Yeah, by the guys, give a like because Susanna just don't, doesn't read the title. She goes into the like. If this was another news show, for example, if it was a news show that was just with me, I would just be like, read the title and the summary. I'm like, oh my god, amazing. But Susanna actually goes and opens the study. Okay, so please, like, th- say thank you, Susanna, in the live chat or, or something. Okay, guys, acknowledge this is like, this is really good. Hey, Harris Sultan is here with a comment. Look at uh,
1: out of every group. Jewish people are the most likely to disagree with the statement that Muslims are less civilized. Out of every group, who is the most likely to agree that Muslims are less civilized? Muslims.
0: Muslims. Okay, see, the other ones... The other by ones,
1: multiples. I,
0: by multiples. Yeah, that's like huge difference. A huge difference. Okay, but here's the thing. I was thinking that maybe with the misogyny and the violence... There are some of these Muslims that are saying, "Less, we are more likely," and that's a good thing. You know what I mean? Because, like for example, with the American and being anti-American or something like that. They were like, "Yeah, of course we're anti-American, and why shouldn't we be? Like at least a few percentages of them." But I would like, is that what's explaining it? But no, not this one. Like who mm-hmm. no, Muslims wouldn't be like, "Oh yeah, they were less civilized, and you were proud of it." Like who's proud of being less civilized? Okay, they're not proud of that. So. This is weird. So they are actually against their own community in that way. Harris Sultan is read. You want to read respond to Harris Sultan in the lecture?
1: Hi, Harris. Harris is saying, aren't they trying to say that just like Christians and Catholics, Muslims also think? But no, it says as likely. Yeah, technically yes, but the phrasing of as likely makes it seem like it's on par. It's hiding the fact that it actually exceeds. Yeah. Um, oh, Dornar had a scene. Thank you, well, thank you, doorknob head. Okay. Let's see what else I pulled out of here as a note that I wanted to dive into. Oh yeah. Out of every group in terms of who agrees with Muslim collective guilt, the most Muslims agree with Muslim collective guilt the most. Why? And again, is it is not converts who are driving these results. It is people born into the Muslim faith, the Muslim background mm-hmm. who agree with this the most.
0: Read the title for people. Some people don't know what you mean by collective guilt.
1: Okay, so the title of this figure says Muslims most likely to agree that Muslims are partially responsible for acts of violence carried out by others. Why would they be? Okay, they agree
0: with Harry Soltan. They disagree with me. (laughs) Why would they? Why would you be responsible for stuff that you didn't do? Like, and they call us (laughs) as Like, why would like, oh, yeah, we're responsible for acts of by other people who happen to be mu- Muslims and we didn't do what you're you're punishing yourself. You feel guilty for something you didn't do. That makes no sense. This is what collective thinking does to you.
1: Well, I mean, maybe. OK, this is not me endorsing or excusing anything. This is just me completely speculating. Maybe there are situations in which people observe attitudes that are harmful within their own community and the ways in which other community members and stakeholders don't step up and shut that down. And so they're saying, when these things happen within our community, we allow these attitudes to fester. So in a way, we are responsible. Does that make sense?
0: That's some level of, like, higher level of introspection that I did not expect from anybody. You know what I mean? Like, Mm. no community. Like... I mean, if this is the case, we have to look forward to a lot of progress from the Muslim community. I mean, I don't agree with this point, but people who have views like this might be motivated to do a lot to fix this. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you have this this many people that are like, yes, we have a misogyny problem. Yes, we have like a pro violence problem. Yes, we're not we're not pro American enough. This is our country, and we're two against our own country. Uh, Yes, we are responsible for acts of violence because we're not doing enough to call it out. Like if this, if if a quarter of them feel like this, I think like that means that there's a bright future for American. Okay, here's the thing.
1: But the by this report, this is being characterized as anti-Muslim and Islamophobic. If it's coming from that perspective, then they're getting woke.
0: you know what i mean <laughs> wait what um
1: like and th- no. this report is framing no. these agreements with these statements as anti-muslim yeah, as I, bigoted as, as, internalized not, as anti- bigotry yeah, like, yeah i'm saying if it's coming from the perspective of we are identifying problems within our community then it isn't right, right, right. bigoted oh, it's yeah. actually becoming conscious
0: okay 24. yeah but have but okay no no but woke is and it's a disservice
1: being... if that's the case to have it be framed as bigotry right
0: right 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 you're saying that if white people were being aware of the problems within their own community we we're like yes that's woke. good job but when muslims try to do the same thing they don't like oh yeah good you're dealing the problems with your community they're like no that's Islamophobic imagine how Condes this, these guys are bigots themselves because when Muslims are trying to deal with the problems with their community, these non-Muslims are telling Muslims that you're being Islamophobic. <laughs> no, this was oh, made no. by an Islamic
1: organization. Oh, okay. They're not okay. non-Muslims. Never... I mean, okay, I, okay. mean study, <laughs> I mean this
0: study. I mean, but still, should I talk about
1: the funding of this study?
0: Oh, but yeah, how is it an Islamic organization when it's funded by Soros? You told me it was funded by Soros. How is this Islamic?
1: The organization itself yeah. is, oh, is it? explicitly like for the purposes of implementing and creating policies in regards to the Muslim population in America. I don't know but how are much... They
0: Muslim? No, wait. So it's about Muslims. Are they Muslims themselves, the people who...
1: I looked on Muslim? their website. It seemed extremely Islamically just... led.
0: Okay. It, it's It was like... Everything so about
1: Muslim. this website was just like Muslim, Muslim, Muslim.
0: Okay, but it might be about Muslim, 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 rather than we are Muslim, Muslim, Muslim. You the authors
1: I mean? are Muslim. The authors of this study okay, okay. are Muslim. The authors right, of right. many of their okay. other projects all right, tell... are leading this organization.
0: Okay, okay. Tell us about the funding you were going to say about this.
1: Oh, yeah. So I was looking into the funding today of this study, and there were other sources that funded it, okay? But one in particular caught my attention. I was like, acknowledgements. We would like to thank like the following organizations for the funding that made this study possible. And it was like the Open Societies Foundation. I was like, wait a second. Is this what wait. I think it is? I go Google it. Yes, it is George Soros's.
0: OK, but just to be clear, guys here, we don't we just um, amused by because we are not anti Soros ourselves, OK? Like uh, we think anybody who has an issue most, not anybody, most of the pe- people have an issue with Soros, Soros, Soros. Like, oh my God, Soros here, Soros there. They're anti Semitic. Okay. Yeah. But we just find it amusing that this might, the fact that this partially was funded by uh, Soros' organization might lead to a lot of people questioning the results of the study. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. So there's that.
1: I, okay. It caught my attention. I was like, very interesting. Um, yeah. But be careful yeah. because
0: when you say "very interesting," people might think oh, that you're, you're signaling. Right. People might think that you're signaling conspiracy theories. We're, we're not I'm doing. Not trying that.
1: to do that. It just. Yes. 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 Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I should shut up before I say something that I accidentally <laughs> get in trouble for that I don't even mean.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Um. Oh. Harus Sultan is saying when we have our individualistic hat on. Then we shouldn't feel bad for being part of a group committing atrocities. But when we have a group hat on, it's okay to blame groups holistically, because when we are def- dealing with groups, we're dealing with likeliness and unlikeliness. "Quote: This group is ten times more likely to commit an act of violence if challenged on his religious belief." So yeah, you're making you're making the distinction between how we treat individuals versus how we discuss groups on average.
0: Yeah, but uh, but when you are talking about groups, every time uh, you cannot come up with blame, because anytime we talk about blame, blame only makes sense within the context of you talking about individuals. All right, so we can discuss groups, but you cannot blame groups. We can only blame individuals individually. Okay. Yeah.
1: Okay. So when because this report. No, actually, I should pull up this quote because it made me so pissed. Okay, here's a quote from someone who was writing about this article or responding to this study. Mustafa Bayumi, a professor of English at Brooklyn College City University of New York, suggested that it's a crisis of whiteness that has affected white Muslims, too. Quote, with the whole community being driven by conservative politics centered on whiteness, it's naive to think that white Muslims would not be susceptible to that same ideology.
0: Wow. This is just What the hell is a
1: crisis of whiteness?
0: (laughs) But here's the thing.
1: What kind of contradicts that is according to this same institution- I was they they had a study on white Muslims from a few years ago cuz I'm like okay who are these white Muslims that they keep talking about are they converts where are they coming from according to their own research from 2017 most white Muslims are born abroad they're not born in the US and most white Muslims are not converts they So were why born are they blaming the white background. ones?
0: So why are they trying to pin it on the white ones?
1: Because, wait, let me pull up something else.
0: This How is would've... intersectional. Like, they're like, oh, my God, we can't blame the Muslims unless we find something about them that we could like. This is like like they have no proof for this based, based on their own admission, right? They're just trying to find a way to blame the Muslims without looking like they're blaming uh, a oppressed group. Like, let's just find the ones that have some negative intersectionality points, even though they're Muslim, at least they're white. So let's just focus on them.
1: So here's, it- here's where they're getting it from. So in this figure, you can see over time how different mm. races of American Muslims have polled on this Islam- Islamophobia index. And right. we see that after, well, after 2019, there's been a huge increase of the white Muslims being more quote-unquote Islamophobic. Mm. Skyrocketing up to 40% in the most recent poll compared to the next most quote-unquote islamophobic muslim group is black muslims okay okay. so they have
0: they have evidenced it
1: yeah but their ideas about why are which is about a crisis of whiteness
0: the crisis of whiteness i mean look at this graph this is a crisis of whiteness (laughs) yeah So I mean, okay, but why is this? Why do you think it, this is like, okay. So they are just saying like, it's just the whiteness. It's just whiteness as essentially whiteness is a problem, right? They're kind of making it seem like that. Like the, the answer, like when you ask why, like because they're white, right? Of but course. here's the thing.
1: They also pulled their survey group on critical race theory and out of the groups that were familiar with critical race theory, um, the white Muslims were more Wait. likely to agree about with the critical tenets of critical race theory.
0: Wait, the white Muslims are more likely to agree with critical race theory?
1: Than the general population and more likely to agree than black Wait, Muslims. So,
0: so how, is the whiten- how is whiteness now a how crisis? How is it a then? crisis
1: of whiteness?
0: They agree with you. They agree with your CRT stuff. I don't understand. This is confusing. So the white Muslims are the most confusing group here. Okay. Because at the same time, they agree with CRT. Okay. And also they think they're Islamophobic. (laughs) So they're like, Muslims are violent and they're like uncivilized. And I'm not saying this by the way, guys. YouTube, I'm reading this is the poll, okay? And you're summarizing
1: the opinions of others, yeah.
0: And they're un American, and like these are dangerous, dangerous people, okay? But also, CRT makes sense like, what is this? This is so confusing. It Um, makes no sense. Maybe, maybe they're just so polarized, right? So, maybe like the 25% who has these so called Islamophobic views are not the same group that has the CRT views. Maybe it's just the most polarized group among them.
1: What's really interesting is that a lot of um, these findings were broken down by age as well. And so they found that these attitudes were more likely among younger Muslims. So then they were talking about the post 9-11 generation And basically having the media landscape that existed after 9-11 influencing the beliefs about the Muslims have about themselves as they grew up, you know, after um, 2001. So that kind of makes more sense to me. Um, Or um, that's a better kind of idea about what could be going on. Um, But overall, I found this whole study fascinating. And here's a huge problem that I have. They gave the overall sample size for the different religious groups. That they examined, and I think there were, like, almost 300 Muslims, like, 1,000 from the general population, all sorts of stuff. But they did not give the sample sizes as broken down by race. Because I want to say, you're making all these strong claims and accusations about these white Muslims. How many were actually included in this sample? They don't say. Which is a huge problem. We should have that.
0: We should have had that German Muslim guy ready for the segment. The the clip about is you know. Oh wait, the, and is the
1: people aren't ready for <laughs> Germanic Islam. My favorite. Video. Islam. <laughs> wait, give me a second when he's screaming about jihad. Okay,
0: <laughs> you go. Uh, you go find that. I'm gonna read two comments. Um, Harris Sultan is saying, "I've been thinking about it. It's one of the things that we discussed. We'll disagree on it on on that Wednesday. Yes, guys. Me and Harris have a show on his channel and on Secular Jihadist's channel. Um, me and we're gonna do this every Wednesday. Um, Harris Sultan is the new co-host on Secular Jihadist. So make sure you subscribe both to Harris Sultan's YouTube channel and the Secular Jihadist YouTube channel. And if you're a Patreon on either his Patreon or my uh, or the Secular Jihadist Patreon, you get to." Uh, send us your questions ahead of time and we will answer them live on air for you so there's that and also if you're a youtube member on either his channel or on the secular justice channel you will be able to come up and talk to us uh, live on air so yeah look forward to that on wednesday uh, i'm so excited there's...
1: that you guys are going to be working on that together now okay wait yeah I have it. Okay, let's go. <laughs> So, for those who um, are not watching, you're only listening, the the caption or the title of this video is The World is Not Ready for Germanic Islam. (laughs) This is my favorite. Menschen bringen. We müssen die Dauer in jedes Haus bringen. We
2: müssen die Dauer überall hinbringen. Wir können keine block
0: im Wald bauen, wo wir Dauer draufschreiben oh my god why is that so scary why is that so scary i didn't know islam in german in german language it would be so scary
1: <laughs> oh, my god. oh my gosh this oh my, is... <laughs> my gosh <laughs> okay. For those who don't speak German, he's like screaming about bringing Dawah everywhere. He's like, we need to bring the Dawah everywhere!
0: (laughs) Yeah, he does remind (laughs) me. He reminds
1: me Uh of a certain kind of dude.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wait, read this comment by Satya.
1: Um, Satya is saying, Muslims are more Islamophobic than even us Hindutva. Looks like Hindutva has got some work to do. (laughs) J.K. well also, actually i mean there wasn't any hindus polled in this any american hindus polled in this event in this yeah, survey be. i'd be curious i'd be very yeah, curious I would, about
0: that i would be very curious to see how american muslims Yeah, um, we
1: also oh, need this get, poll among we need this poll in india
0: <laughs> yes oh let me get um, the oh you already okay. you had some images to show uh you already showed the images that you said before. yeah yeah
1: yeah we already showed everything
0: Wait, wait! No, you didn't show
1: this one. Oh well, I kind of described it. So this is just okay. um, how all the different religious groups compared to each other. So no, I wanted to see. This- look at us, guys! Look at us! Look at us! We are the most. I,
0: I, I didn't, only second to Jewish people. They tell us atheists and non non the nuns the non-religious people. They keep telling us that we're the Islamophobic ones. We're the least. I mean, right after the Jews. Why are the Jewish people score highest on everything? Like everything. Like, you know, IQ, education, God, like technology. Like, you know what? We should Not just being
1: Islamophobic. The... They're just killing not it being... wherever they go.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We should just ex- exclude them from polls. Like, they're just like, it doesn't make, it's not fair. Because they, yeah, look...
1: the... <laughs> they skew yeah. all the results.
0: Yeah, look, even though we're second, they're, like, better than us by a huge margin. Look at mm-hmm. this. Like, they're better than everybody else by a huge margin, just like every, everything else. God damn it. All right, but we're the second. We're second. Look, we're doing very good. So don't call us Islamophobic. On average, we're doing fine. By the way, yeah. when I do collectivist jokes, I don't actually mean it, okay? Like, I don't, when I'm like, oh, look at us, we're doing so well, okay? Every time I'm doing a collectivist judgment on something it's a joke it's a joke yeah. i don't think in, oh I don't harris think is
1: um asking me for this study Horace, please uh send me a message on whatsapp and i'll send it to you i have the full pdf of the actual report itself as well so i will save you some time and research
0: yeah um all right cool can we uh, clap for the next news
1: um this is actually really sad
0: <laughs> oh okay never mind next news
1: Okay, next news. LGBT activists sentenced to death by Iran for quote-unquote spreading corruption. Two LGBTQ rights activists were sentenced to death in Iran for allegedly promoting homosexuality. Activists Zahra uh, Ham, uh Hamadani and Elhan Chobdar were, were charged with quote-unquote, corruption on earth, a vague yet lethal charge. Uh, Hamadani, also known as Sereh, was arrested in October of last year after being detained by the Iraqi Kurdistan police during her attempt to border cross the border to Turkey and seek asylum. Iran has intensified its propaganda, accusing Hamadani of running, quote, one of the largest prostitution networks in Erbil, which is in Iraqi Kurdistan. State-run media circulated a video showing footage of nightclubs as evidence that Hamadani and her alleged pro- and her alleged prostitution rings activity. A letter from Amnesty International addressed to um, Golan Hossein Moseni Ije the chief justice of Iran, asked for the immediate and unconditional release of Hamadani and called out Iran's arbitrary detentions based on her, quote, real or perceived sexual orientation and gender identity. They called on Iran to quash the convictions and death sentences and release Hamadani and Chobar. Nearly 70,000 people have signed a petition demanding the release of the women and so you can join in um, signing the petition. The petition should be the first link in the description of this video, but I will also put it in the live chat right now. Um, give me a moment. So I wanted to cover this story because one, it's very really important to cover stuff like this. Two, we talked about the arrest of Sere when she was arrested in October of last year. And she was, some of the details are a little bit confusing to me. So my understanding is that she is an Iraqi. And she got in huge trouble in Iraq for participating in a BBC documentary about fighting for LGBT rights in her region. And because of the abuse that she was facing there, because of that, she needed to escape. And my understanding is that she was trying to escape through Iran to then go to Turkey. And at, at the Turkish border is when... Iranian authorities arrested her and other people that she was with. And she's been in detention since then. She was in solitary confinement for I think like 53 days. I mean, obviously, she experienced a lot of abuse while in prison, because this is just what happens, um, especially because she is a gay woman and very gender non-conforming. She, she's more like much more masculine. Um, the authorities have allegedly threatened to take away custody of her children. And now she's been sentenced to death for promoting homosexuality, for promoting Christianity, for generally spreading corruption on earth. Um, And this is really important to highlight because one, the amount of executions that have been happening in Iran have exploded over the past year under the new president Raisi, but already even before then, like Iran is one of the top executioners in the world. And people forget that since the Islamic revolution, there have been thousands and thousands of gay people who have been executed in the country simply for being gay or being caught doing a gay thing, like participating in a homosexual act is enough to get you hung by your neck until you suffocate. Um, And people forget this kind of thing. Um, they forget okay. how American it is that you get executed just for being gay. Read the comment. D he is saying she was arrested by the Kurds.
0: Oh yeah, D yes, but also from Elmo. D yes, I I start D for the next comment. Yeah, D uh, is that true? She was arrested by the Kurds.
1: So, I believe I with this arrest. I believe she was arrested by Iranian authorities, but she had been previously ar- been arrested by Kurdish authorities, Iraqi Kurdish authorities due to her previous activism, and that's why she was trying to escape. Oh. I could oh, be wrong. Oh. Sometimes the details are conflicting on the different reports that I read, but that's what I understand. But I'm open okay, to be
0: so, so Elma is saying corruption on Earth is the most uh, grandiose, surreal charge I've ever heard. This is a famous uh, thing you could get a charge for in Iran. And it refers to a Quranic verse, okay? Um, The thing is that in Iran, you cannot get executed for being a homosexual. Um, you, You have to get charged for something else, right? Like, for example, other homosexuals that were charged were either rightfully or just wrongfully accused also of rape. Um, or child um, abuse um, or this, corruption on earth, okay? And again, sometimes they were just gay um, and they added something on top of it, but sometimes it was also true, like they for example raped um, kids and stuff, and they were executed for that, right? But not but there is no like just being gay in Iran doesn't get you execution. In fact, you could go around and say, like, I'm gay, I'm gay, I'm gay, and nobody can, you know, the government can't do anything to you uh, because it's not illegal, right? Um, so she probably the again, I don't know if it's true, but the, pro- the issue that she has is that she got too famous, right? Uh, and she became very high profile, and she's gay. So the accusation to the Iranian government is that they have nothing on her, other than her being gay. Like, what she has is not enough to execute her. So just they're just, like, adding a whole bunch of stuff that they have no evidence for. Like, in the court, they didn't provide any evidence or any claim, anything to back up the fact that she's... So to, to prove the corruption on Earth, like, she has to be promoting degeneracy on a, on a mass scale, right? Which is and why they ha-
1: accused her of running a human prostitution ring.
0: Yeah, which is not like she was not doing that. I mean, the, the claim is that she's not doing that the claim by the people who are supporting her um, is that this is just nonsense. You just want to get her um, and you're just making stuff up like they have videos of her being in a club. I'm like, oh, this is your prostitution ring. You're like the
1: degeneracy. You're like, what? the
0: degeneracy, like, we're just no, this is not a prostitution ring. Um, I mean, it's easy. A lot of people think like um a lot of people on that side of the religious mindset think that anybody with this kind of lifestyle um obviously is doing a whole bunch of other disgusting things in their mind, right? So it's just easy for them to believe. However, there I heard a lawyer, and I don't know on BBC Persian. Saying that they should be able to get her off this execution, okay. I don't know again, I don't want to bring your hopes up because I don't know if it's true or not. But One this is so
1: unpredictable,
0: yeah. But the lawyer makes it seem like they are not as unpredictable as we think, like he's saying that this is just a baseless claim. And given, given that the court doesn't have anything, because a lot of people, again, I know as kangaroo courts and Iranian. Um, justice system is not as good as most of the world, but there is some, the, it's not as chaotic as people think. Like there is some order, there is some, yeah, it's, it's, if it's not um, anti-regime, there is some order to this chaos. Do you know what I mean? Like there are some structure to it, unless it's a case that is a, a national security issue. You know, what I mean, like people who are anti-regime um, in, in that case, then you could, you know, justice is out of the window. Right. They will just like frame you for whatever they want. Right. But things that are not about national security, there are hope for the people. Like if you get on death row, there's a good chance to get you off unless they they have deemed that she's a national security threat. Like maybe because of the documentary and stuff and the heavy propaganda against the Iranian regime and stuff. They have like, they have, um, they say like, okay, this is beyond just degeneracy and we just have to get rid of her. In that case, she's completely screwed. Okay. Uh, in that case, your petition is very much required. You're deciding the petition is very much required. Uh, did you, yeah, Yeah. I put a link link. to
1: the petition in the live chat. It should also be the top. Um, it should be the top link in this video description, wherever you're watching this. Um, and in it, you can learn more about what happened to Sarah and also Elham. Um, Less is known about the case of Elham, but um, she is reportedly a LGBT woman who's also facing these charges. There was another woman associated with their case who, so Elham is like 24. Sarah, I think is maybe 35. And there's another woman who's associated with their case, who was about the age of 52, but she hasn't faced any charges yet. Um And I also want to highlight the fact that if you are in Germany, um, today in Cologne from four to five, so that's in a few hours from now, um, they are doing a protest in Cologne city center to demand the stop or stay of the execution of these two women. And you can go join Maryam Namazi, Mina Ahadi, and Rana Ahmed at this protest, um, so I wanted to highlight that. If you're in Germany, you still have the opportunity you still have the opportunity to go participate in that, which I think is awesome. Um, and uh, I also wanted to highlight the work of uh Seshrang. For if you want to follow their work on Instagram, just Google Six Rang Iran. And this is one of the best LGBT Iranian organizations, and they put out a lot of good information. And an update is that. There are some reports that Sere has, um, how do I say this for YouTube, attempted to take her own life since hit with this sentence, according to their sources as well. And they seem to be the most in touch with these two individuals. Um, So, yeah, it says the news of Sere's... attempted self-deletion has been circulating across social media. According to Seshring's sources, Sereh was transferred to hospital two days ago and has since returned to the women's general ward in um, Rumie, Central Prison. The same sources have confirmed that she is recovering. This unfortunate and heart-wrenching event shows how difficult the death sentences have been for Sere and Elham. It is imminent that we continue our efforts to free them. So this is a story that is evolving very quickly and it is actually very dire. Um, Armin, do you have any general takeaways about kind of, I don't know, the the noteworthiness of this in terms of the broader issues that gay people face in Iran?
0: Um, I, I want to mention that um, a lot of, uh, some of you might think that these petitions have no influence, but we have seen that the more um international attention a case gets the more likely it is for these people to again it's not bulletproof but it gives them a higher chance of surviving it you know you're not getting executed so and a high uh, petition uh, petition that gets a lot big number of signatures that does get the attention of other media outlets right so mm-hmm. your if you get if you manage to get a, a lot of signature on this more people might cover it and more people covering it means more international attention and more international attention will put pressure on the Iranian government to not go with the execution so it, it does have an influence exactly. they do yeah. yeah so again it's again even if it's like a 5% chance uh, it's still worth it and i saw a lot of people in the uh, live chat saying that they signed it so thank you so much Fantastic. also i just want yeah. Somebody uh, in the live chat is uh, saying, please don't call it being, uh, don't call being gay a lifestyle. It's not. I'm talking from their perspective. Like when I'm, sometimes when I'm speaking, I'm saying they say that people with her lifestyle also must be uh, involved in all form of other degeneracy. I'm putting myself in their mindset. That's not my view, obviously. Okay. Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, Yeah. yeah. So over 70,000 people have already signed. I would love it if everyone who's watching this also participates um again the link should be at the very top of wherever you are watching this and um yeah i i think this is really important to highlight and don't let other people forget that this is the policy and nature of the islamic republic of iran so many people try to whitewash you know what goes on there or the attitudes you know like this is really the true face of what goes on there. So don't let people tell you otherwise.
0: Yeah. Oh, hey, Breda of Life is here.
1: Hi. Uh, Rebecca.
0: Okay, cool. Um, Thank you for bringing um, the attention that was needed to that news, Susanna. Um, Can we clap for the next news?
1: Um, Let me pull up my notes. Okay, this is... We're going to clap because we get to, you know, you know, just trash this guy. But, of course, this is not a good thing.
0: <laughs> oh, by the way, somebody asked earlier if we have Indian news today. We have two Indian news, I think.
1: Yes, we do. So, yeah, okay.
0: All right. So, but not this one. All right. So, we can clap. You said we can clap, right? Yes. Okay. Next news.
1: Next news. Greek bishop proclaims that a woman is not R-worded. I'm using this word for uh. the sake of YouTube, R-A-P-E-R-E-E. R A P E. Yeah. Okay. A woman is not R-worded unless she wants to be. A Greek Orthodox ex-bishops recently appeared on national television to confirm the church's stance against abortion and then went on to make comments about RAPE that have sparked outrage throughout the southeastern European country. 83-year-old uh metropolitan kriostomos of do Duni appeared on Sky TV on September 2nd, and after endorsing the church's hardline stance against abortion, he explained why there should be no exceptions for RAPE. He stated, quote, a woman does not sit and get R-worded without wanting it. A woman is not R-worded unless she wants to be. He then said there is no way a woman can conceive without "quote unquote" participation, so it would be impossible for a woman to become pregnant in this manner. His statements have sparked massive outrage throughout Greece. According to the Church of Greece, the comments by the former bishop are "quote unacceptable for an Orthodox cleric and offensive for human beings, and especially for women and victims of rape." Nikki uh, Karamius. Minister of Education and Religious Affairs called the remarks unthinkable and reprehensible. Politicians from all parties have voiced their objections as well. Aside from the official reactions, the Greek people were infuriated and took to social media to express their opinions. So this is wild. How,
0: I think this is great news. <laughs> uh, this guy just woke up one day. please clarify. <laughs> I mean, this guy just woke up one day and decided, like, how could I make, how could I take the most giant dump on the authority of the church in Greece? Like, like, and he, I think he managed to accomplish <laughs> yeah, the Yeah, that's one way thing. to put it. <laughs> so, wait, how high up is this guy?
1: This guy was, so he's retired. So oh. his title as a bishop at this point is basically honorific. Um, mm-hmm. He's not actively participating, but he's still, he was very high up. That's very high up. So I don't really yeah. understand. The Greek Orthodox Church is different than the Catholic Church, which is what I'm used to. So I don't understand the different levels as well. It's kind of similar. Um, yeah. But you seemed like pretty notable.
0: It's amazing how the definition that he like it's basically the, exactly the opposite. Like is co- is comedic. Like a woman is not R-worded unless she wants to be. Like it's literally yeah, an it exact. would R- be R-wording. No, it's basically the exact opposite of the definition.
1: Yeah, it's the exact (laughs) opposite of what that is.
0: It's like the very opposite. It's the mirror image of it. It's beautiful. Um, Also, I
1: don't understand his idea that women cannot conceive without participation. So it would be impossible for a woman to become pregnant. This like, is a oh yeah so. i can just i can just switch it on and off like what is his understanding of how conception works like i can just do i maybe have like little funnels and i can choose like oh no this doesn't go the egg doesn't travel here i'm gonna prevent it from getting like,
0: i don't know can you you let us know can you do this
1: <laughs> i have little on and off ramps
0: <laughs> i mean we do we like we use the same tunnel for two different things and we switch it so you guys don't have that
1: no i haven't been upgraded no. to that model yet
0: no <laughs> this is why we're the superior sex um but <laughs> no but um it's amazing do you think like i think this is about abortion maybe i'm wrong about this like this i all think like, when... because
1: he was talking about abortion yeah
0: oh yeah okay wait did you say this is his you
1: justification that? of why
0: oh yeah you there said should that be already. no
1: exception for r.a.p.e in abortion yes. this is his justification. Yeah, okay. Saying, like, oh, well, it's impossible for this to happen if that was the case.
0: Okay, to so be So it's fair, not actually
1: RAP if you conceived.
0: To be fair, okay, oh, to no. be fair to him, okay, well, not to be fair to him, okay, I have been with women that told me that don't worry, if they don't come, they can't get pregnant.
1: Okay, so you mean be fair in the sense that women also have dumb ideas about how they can... Yeah, use- yeah, yeah.
0: Women about their own body. They were like, don't worry, yeah. don't worry, we don't need to use a condom because, like, if I don't... If come- I don't
1: orgasm, I can't get pregnant?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what the <laughs> hell? I'm like, first of all, that's not a compliment. Um, I make everybody come. So, <laughs> that's <laughs> That's,
1: you're that, like girl that, that is still a concern, okay? <laughs> that,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> FC, you're like don't, don't worry. Like I'm actually even more worried now. <laughs> you have no idea what's about to happen to you. <laughs> 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 all right, all right.
1: You are a menace to society.
0: <laughs> yes, yes um all right this was overall like okay to be and also this is another good news okay because what we're seeing is the reaction is like overall condemnation right so the, the greece yeah. is like not as backwards as this guy so this is overall funny and good and a giant dump on the authority of the church in greece overall this is pretty good this is yeah pretty good i'm not average, i'm actually happy
1: it was so funny there were people that came forward and basically said that what he um said was basically like slanderous to the greek orthodox church like yeah yeah, they're like you're slandering the church how dare you say this i know
0: i i know you're slandering the church please continue please continue you're like "Keep keep going keep going don't stop don't stop old man yeah um all right oh we're getting to indiana so
1: ridiculous
0: Anything in the I think people forget
1: like the Orthodox churches are so patriarchal. Yeah, so patriarchal. Like the Catholic Church is actually like progressive in comparison to the Greek Russian Orthodox Church. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. I didn't know that. I didn't know they're more patriarchal. Maybe they've just been less under scrutiny. Okay.
1: I think that's part of it. They're they're not as large.
0: Yeah, they don't get such media, like they're not on the news all the time, like the Vatican is. So the Vatican is no. more under pressure to get up to, to be a little bit more up to date.
1: All right, Shriosh can we... Is bringing up a good point. He's saying they literally call their fathers patriarchs. Yeah, actually, that's a good point.
0: Wait, their own, fa- their own biological
1: fathers? No, no, no. So instead of oh. how you call a priest father. Yeah. I like on certain them... levels of priests or fathers within this holy scion they're called yeah. patriarchs like the head yeah. of the russian orthodox church is called patriarch kirill like
0: okay. that's his I title thought, for a second there i thought like uh, girls call their actual fathers like hey patriarch <laughs> like literally they call them patriarch
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right That'd can we funny. clap for the next news no um oh, my God. oh no
1: this is not good
0: okay we have to get serious more. Okay, okay. All right, next news.
1: Okay, next news. Teen girl killed by jilted stalker, love jihad accusations rocks India. So, uh I I'm, I, sorry, let me fix my pronunciation of this name. An Ani, Ankita Kumari. Sorry about that guys, my dyslexia was really giving me a hard time there. Uh Ankita Kumari A 16-year-old Hindu girl in the Dumka district of Jakartan was set on fire, allegedly for rejecting a Muslim man's advances. After fighting for her life in a hospital for five days, the girl succumbed to her injuries. The incident has spiraled into a communal affair, which many deem it to be a case of quote-unquote love jihad. After the attack, the victim narrated her ordeal in a viral video. The accused, identified as uh, Shahrukh Hussain and his accomplice, Naeem Khan, have been arrested. An insidious video of the arrest of the murderer, where the accused can be seen casually smiling as he is handcuffed and escorted into the police vehicle, went viral. The Vishwa Hindu Parishad or VHP, a Hindu right-wing group, issued a statement demanding the death of the Muslim man by hanging. BJP leaders um, Goda MP uh, Nishikant Dubi and Kupal Mishra alleged that such is a case of love jihad could only be carried out due to the severe negligence and appeasement politics of the current ruling state government. So um, apologies for me butchering all these names. Um, Let me back up and like kind of tell the broader story. So there is this girl, and there's been different reports on her age. I've seen some age reported as young as 15, some as old as 19. I think she might actually be 16. Um, She was being approached by this guy who is 23 years old, who his name is um, and Shahrukh Hussein. And he was bothering her and harassing her. And then when she rejected him, he st- started threatening her. And this girl went to her dad and she was like, hey, this guy's threatening me because I rejected him. And one report I read, she said that she rejected him because he's from a different cast. I don't know. That was just one report. Um, and then the dad was like, okay, like I'm going to go talk to his family tomorrow and we'll get this sorted out. That same night, she was sleeping in her bed And this guy comes up to the window of her bedroom and pours gasoline, like, all over her. And she wakes up because she feels something, like, wet on her. And she starts to get up. And then he throws in a match and sets her on fire. And she comes running out of the room screaming for help, all this stuff. She gets taken to a hospital Then she gets transferred to another hospital. Reportedly, she had burns on 95% of her body. And unfortunately, she died five days later. And this has exploded into, this has received a ton of media attention in India. Um, And unfortunately, it's been heavily communalized. It's been heavily politicized because the person that did this to her, is from the Muslim community. He's a Muslim. And she's a Hindu. So now this is being held up as an example of love jihad. Like this is proof of love jihad. For those of you not aware, love jihad is this like right-wing conspiracy theory that Muslim men in India are purposefully um, going out and uh, uh, dishonestly dating hindu girls under the guise of being hindu and then when they get married it becomes revealed that actually they're muslim and then they have to force the hindu woman that they just married to convert to being muslim because well that's sharia you have you can't marry a polytheist and then this is how this the, is the the conspiracy is like- theory
0: Because I don't want this part to be clipped out or stuff like. Susanna is not claiming this is love jihad. Susanna for now is just claiming what other people are saying, and then after that we're gonna talk about what we think. Okay, but this is not Susanna's words. Okay, this is like other people think. But go on.
1: Yeah, and then so the broader thing at play here in this conspiracy theory is that this is how. India's Hindu majority will be subjugated and coming a minority because then all the children that are had through these marriages will be Muslim and they're going to change the demographics and this is how they're going to take power, this kind of thing. And, um, so yeah, now this has become, you know, politicized and really it basically is like not even about the girl anymore. It's not about her suffering. It's not about the threat that she was under. It's not about her safety or really what happened to her. Now it's just about holding up the fact that the perpetrator came from this community look, this is proof that this is what this community does. This is proof that they target Hindu girls that they that they're a threat, like that kind of thing.
0: Imagine, you your, think, Armin? imagine your daughter just opening the door to her bedroom coming into the living room on fire begging you for help and then after being burned all over her body, watching your own daughter, like imagine your your the love of your life just coming and saying, Daddy, help. And then after that, watching her for five days in absolute agony for her for, for this to be the last moments of her life, for this to be your last memory with her. There, and there's nothing you can do to fix it. Fuck. Unbelievable. Mm. I'm sorry. Um, it's so horrific. Yeah, I can't think of a worse nightmare. God damn it. Man. Um, so there's there's nothing we know about what the motivation was. Like people are saying, was it was it because he's a Muslim? Was it because of the caste system? Like we don't know. Like I don't think like we anybody knows anybody anybody who's like coming up and saying like oh this is love jihad. Like you're like, you're a monster. Like this is like, you're looking at a burned girl and you're just trying to see how you could use this for your agenda, right? This is what's happening. I think like, maybe, I don't know. Maybe this is what's happening. Maybe people are like, people, people are saying, oh, I love Jihad, love Jihad. There are people who are pretending to care about this girl, but there's just like, how could we use this to start more hatred in the country? I think that's what they're doing. Yeah. I mean, how is this even how could this even be love jihad? Didn't she know he was a Muslim?
1: Yeah. Well, the idea okay. would be that he was going to force her to convert. But usually love jihad is yeah. there is a falsification. Exactly. Like, there's it's supposed yeah. to be a falsification of... Yeah, love jihad is when you don't identity. know...
0: When you don't, love jihad is when you don't know the guys is a Muslim, like the claim is, okay, that you like, oh, surprise, I'm Muslim, but now we're married, and now you're, and now all our kids are going to be Muslim, okay? So that's what the so-called love jihad is, okay? But she, like, this guy was apparently a non-Muslim, so this doesn't even fit with the love jihad conspiracy theory. So
1: yeah. I, don't know what I think there's... Um, to be fair not fair isn't the right term but to be transparent there are like many different kind of iterations right. of okay. the love jihad conspiracy theory so i put forward the one that is most um popularized that i'm familiar with but yeah. maybe they construe it in terms of love jihad basically in the sense that this guy is a muslim and he not love jihad in terms of a larger conspiracy towards demographic engineering which is where so many of these claims about these like kind of incidents but fall even apart. Then,
0: even then, the but point like,
1: of love—they basically are just right. calling him a jihadi for what he did to her, for right. the sake of love. This that might
0: sense. be this might be more of an insult thing than an Islam thing. It might be—I don't know, right?
1: That's what like, I think.
0: Yeah, that's what it seems more likely to me. Like a lot of times, the you have to convert to Islam part is so that we could get married or something like that. Not because I care about Islam, not because like I'm trying to, you know, convert to India. Like the guy is like an incel. The guy is like um, doing incel stuff and he's not, he doesn't care about India becoming an Islamic nation. He's just thinking about his own disgusting, you know, self-interest. But Satya, Satya here, Satya has some.
1: Satya is saying the girl's father did say that he asked her to convert um
0: yeah. here's another thing here's another possibility okay this might be true it also might be if i was the father okay and i wanted revenge from this might you know from this person right i think like maybe if i said maybe if i could lean in to the whole uh love jihad conspiracy i would be able to get a mob on this man you know what i mean like i would do it if i was the father of this girl and if like okay years behind bar or get a mob to maybe lynch this person for the person that did this to my daughter i'm like oh yeah sure he did he was trying to convert my daughter to his love oh my Please god if this
1: happened to me i would lose my mind yeah of course
0: i would say whatever it takes to get like the people to go after him like and violently like attack him if i again i'm not endorsing violence i'm just saying this would be an irrational Thing to do for a person, like, if I was in that state of mind, which I was so emotional, I might do something like that. Again, I'm not endorsing this, YouTube. I'm not endorsing violence, okay? Uh, But I'm just saying a father that has lost a a daughter might, like, might lean into this, you know? So we don't know if this is even true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so Satya agrees. The motive of converting India to Islamic India is pure BS. Yeah, that's what, that's what, that's what the main, um, claim from the love jihad conspiracy theory is love jihad is not just this you know lone wolf just because uh, hey let's get married but first please convert to islam thing love jihad conspiracy theory is this mass conspiracy of creating an islamic nation by uh, converting muslim women or hindu women to islam and their children one by one that's the conspiracy theory um yeah
1: it um Yeah. It's it's just so upsetting on so many different angles. What's really interesting? Oh, Satya is saying I agree, it is very less likely that he's into demographic engineering. Um D is making a good point. She's saying it's love, not it's not love, it's obsession. Exactly. Yeah, I was
0: talking, when I said love, I was talking about the dad, not about the the dude, the guy. Yeah.
1: Um Oxymorin is saying, uh calling out systemic issues in a community is not heartless, Armin. What is he responding yeah, I didn't to? Yeah,
0: did not I didn't say it's not a okay you, came, you you don't seem to be able to hear what I'm saying. I'm not saying it's not a systemic issue. I'm not I'm saying it's not love jihad. Okay? I'm saying it's not the love jihad conspiracy is is not uh it's fake, okay? The love jihad conspiracy I'm saying that's fake. I'm not saying do not call out a systemic issue. Okay? So there's that.
1: Yeah. Um I don't know. I think it's really important to talk about these things in an honest way. And also from like a media analysis point of view. Um, Because like I said, in so many ways, this story or what happened to this girl has like been taken away from her. It's not even about her and her suffering anymore. Um, And There was a lot of frustration I've saw. So right wing media sources taking screenshots of left leaning Indian media sources and basically pointing out that they would never in the headline say that it was a Muslim man that did this as Mm. something that's like disingenuous. What do you think about that? Like, should they be putting the names of the the, the communities that these people come from in the headlines? Is it is it? You know, is it no, taping I, for Islamism if you don't do that? Like, we didn't do that in this title, but it's mainly because of like a character limit when I have to pick the titles.
0: Wait, there was somebody in the live chat that said the same thing. Uh, Higgs was and the and the liberal media tried to change his name. Did they try? OK, so if, if they didn't call him a Muslim, I think that's fair. Unless unless they could find an actual connection to him being a Muslim. I don't think it makes sense for them to you say mean in like, terms oh, of
1: motivation yeah
0: motivation right if if they motivate if they cannot show that the motivation has anything to do with islam I don't think the media should run with like oh it was a muslim guy it was a muslim guy but but if they could find the connection then I think they should okay mm-hmm. so I'm not saying 100% you know, yeah, then they should. Like, if they find the connection and then don't, they don't mention that this guy is a Muslim, then that's irresponsible, okay? But Higgs Boson is saying that they went as far as changing his name. Is that true? Because that is irresponsible if they did that. I don't think that's true. Yeah, I would
1: I would have to see that for myself because I haven't said I don't that.
0: think that. I wouldn't believe. That's hard to believe. If
1: so, that is just beyond the pale. That is beyond the pale.
0: Yeah, so Higgs Boson is saying one liberal media changed his name to a hindu name okay that i don't know i i cannot, i don't know if that's true okay but if that's true that is it say
2: yeah.
0: um okay such as saying no nope, if criminal is hindu or upper caste then they always use the group's identity they shouldn't okay if you like this in hen-
1: america <laughs> Like no one cares about the police and stuff until it's a black person that was shot, and then they put the race of the officer and the police in the and the victim in every single headline. Otherwise, they never do that.
0: But we're consistent here, okay? If the person's Hinduism has nothing to do with the crime, then they shouldn't mention that he's a Hindu because it would be irrelevant. Okay, if it's relevant, mention it. If it's irrelevant, don't mention it. It's that easy. So, Sacha is also confirming that India today did that. Okay, that is the Isn't what
1: India today you? more right leaning?
0: Yeah, I thought so. Well, well I, we don't know anymore. Like, people, that doesn't tell you much. Like, because people people in India, like, B, apparently the BJP is too left leaning for Hindutva these days. So, we don't you know. No, that's true. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, too left leaning or just too fucking impotent?
0: <laughs> yeah um all right oh the next one is india too
1: yes oh is Bre- Rebecca is saying such a nice thing about me she's saying Susanna worked so hard to find this news for us thank you Suzanne. uh well i also oh. owe d some credit as well d has been yes. helping me so much with the news lately so
0: thank you Dee. all the
1: love and appreciation to d of course yes um yeah, D is also saying calling it Love Jihad kind of makes his identity obvious. With, yeah, I mean, but only if you're familiar with what that is. If you put that in there, people who are familiar will automatically know like what the pieces are. Um,
0: okay. Yeah. Um, is the next news club worthy?
1: Um, let me... Okay, we don't like this, but in comparison to what we just talked about, it's a cakewalk. So.
0: Yeah, okay. All right, next news.
1: next news, Indian state criminalizes conversion under the guise of religious freedom. On August 12th, a bill to amend the existing anti-conversion law was passed in the Himanshal Pradesh Legislative Assembly in India. The new legislation states that punishment for forcibly forcibly converting would be increased from seven to ten years. Minority religious communities feel that the Himanshal Pradesh freedom of religious Freedom of Religion Act is essentially designed to prevent and disincentivize the Hindu population from changing their religion. Under this bill, if a person oversees the religious conversion of two or more people simultaneously, it will come under the mass conversions category. The forced conversion of religion will be a non-bailable offense. The trial of such cases will go directly to the session court. The bill also forbids the lower caste Hindus from benefiting from the reservation quota in education and employment if they or a family member has converted to Christianity. Under the new legislation, any marriage with the sole purpose of converting a spouse would be declared null and void. To change one's religion after marriage, all the people involved in conversion must provide a month's notice to a a local governing magistrate. So, I wanted to talk about this because the issues of forced conversions in India is a very big deal. It kind of plays into the love jihad stuff that we talk about a lot. And if I remember correctly, there are about 10 to 12 states in India out of the 28 states and territories that have some sort of anti-forced conversion, anti-love jihad, whatever you call it, ordinance now on the books, now in law. And the one that was in Himan- Him on him Pradesh beforehand apparently wasn't good enough. So they needed to go and make it harsher. And I thought that this was really important to talk about. Um so one thing um in particular that I thought was interesting from the perspective of someone who was raised a Christian was that mass conversions are defined as converting or overseeing the conversion of two or more people. Like, personally, when someone says mass, I think of dozens of people at least. Like, three people, I don't consider mass, but, you know, just my own consideration is not legal definitions, right? But it also made me realize that by those standards, I have seen or participated in mass conversions myself. Because when you are a Christian, it is very common that during high holy days there are especially easter there are ceremonies where many people formalize their catechism at once um and they do it together they they take their baptism together um or they baptize their children together so by those standards i have been a part of mass conversions um because it's actually just like very culturally normal for christians to It's a way that we, like, come together and share that experience, you know? Um, So in some ways, this is, like, criminalizing just kind of a standard Christian cultural practice, um, which I thought was very interesting. And the local um, Catholic organizations and bishops have come out very strongly against this. Um, And uh, Armin, what are your thoughts?
0: Wait, so... What if, like, you have a mass of like 20 people and then you're like, okay, well, converting today, but not at once, okay? One at a time. (laughs) Would that be okay? Like, I don't think so. Well, so what do they do? Like, do you have to schedule different days? Like, you come on Monday. You have to give the
1: government, you have to give your local magistrate a month's notice in advance. Okay. Which is crazy to me. Why the hell do you then, have to tell the government what you're doing with your own personal belief system?
0: But, okay. What, what if they're distant? Like, what if you're like not in the same place, but like you're doing it on a live stream. Okay. Uh-huh. Like you're doing it, you're converting people on a live stream and there's like 40 of them and you're converting them all at the same time, but they're not in the same place. Would that count as a mass conversion? I'm not a lawyer. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) You're
1: getting clever with it. You're like, okay, how can we get around (laughs) the legal jargon?
0: (laughs) Let's do two minutes apart. And also, and and if they are far enough geographically that, you know, like we're all doing it live stream. So that means distance would be an issue. It would be. um, So what if they're not. 5 meters apart. Like what if it's not on a live stream? Like I don't understand like this is making sense how how do they define a mass? But uh, people have other questions like how can anybody for- so yeah, actually first let's go with Darko. What do they mean by force? Like this is force conversion. Like this is two different things, right? Force conversion and mass conversion. Uh, are they like linking them together or are they two different cons- concepts? Because you can't technically force anybody to convert. But how does this work?
1: It's defined very differently depending on the state that you're in. It's also okay. very oftentimes vaguely defined and misunderstood. So depend there are there are other states that have these kind of ordinances where basically your neighbors or your family members can report to the police that you have been forced to convert, but you didn't force to convert you weren't. Maybe you did it against their wishes. And now they're going after you through the police because of these laws that can be used against you.
0: It just seems very it's, they it's a way to. It's purpose. also a
1: way to disincentivize people from marrying outside of their community. Because if someone wants to convert just for the purposes of marriage, then oh. that plays into this as well. They can say that you were forced to convert. And if they say that you were converting for, if, if Yeah, under the new legislation, any marriage with the sole purpose of converting the spouse would be declared null and void. So that's where it plays into the love jihad thing, where it's saying if you're only marrying this person to get them to convert, then we're automatically going to declare that marriage null and void.
0: How do they prove that? I don't know. Can you marry them if you say stay different religions? Yeah, under the
1: special special marriage act.
0: Okay, okay, okay. But you might get like uh, too much. Okay, fine. Okay, sure. But there's
1: also yeah a lot of social pressure.
0: Pressure, yeah. But some people might be like, this is a good thing because your family is like not gonna well, I mean, your family is not gonna ma- let you marry the other person then because they, they, they can't cut through. So you're gonna be just like not with the love person you love. Amazing. Um okay, so and if you're found guilty
1: is, of this, you get ten years.
0: Ten years in prison.
1: Yeah, and it disproportionately is the the way that this law is balanced is disproportionately against religious minority communities. So it's, like I said, most people read these laws in the language of them and they're like, this is, seems very clearly with the intention of keeping people in Hinduism. So this is Rebecca Bread of Life, our local fabulous Christian, had a comment. I don't know if I can find it, but she was basically saying like, how is this religious freedom? How is this yeah. religious freedom? So this is kind of similar to how quote unquote religious freedom is weaponized in the United States. Where it's basically religious freedom to not have other religions evangelized to you, that kind of thing. It's religious freedom to not be forced to convert, but really it's inhibiting your own ability kinda, to make free choices with your own belief systems. Yeah. In my kind of like,
0: kind of like, kind of like when um, in the United States when they when they say freedom uh religious freedom they're talking about the religious freedom to limit other people's freedom okay yeah exactly thank you that's what what i was trying to say yeah yeah. so yeah so they want to use the religious freedom to take other people's freedom away that's what they want um all right so let's look at some of them some of the comments here you want to read this comment
1: um, Satya is saying that's the constitution. The act just elaborates on that lower caste reservations is for Hindus only from day one of the Republic. Ah, So you're referring to if you convert, um, then the assistance you get for being lower caste no longer applies to you. That is so flawed. <laughs> That's so flawed. You're still mm. from a scheduled caste community, even if you convert. So you still have the cards. Yeah, my my, you. Situa-
0: my my situation is the same. <laughs> my my life is so weird. God,
1: my background India. is still the same. I just chose to not be Hindu anymore.
0: India. What is the so hell? Broken. Okay, le- next comment.
1: There's a lot about the reservation system that needs to be adjusted. Mm. <sighs> um. Shriyash is saying, isn't it beautiful seeing every bit of freedom you have getting chipped away? Oh, that's dark. What is this
0: about UAE?
1: Rebecca is saying, UAE has some religious tolerance laws that include the law that you cannot say anything negative about the prophet of God. Ah, yeah. yeah. So religious freedom in the sense that I'm free from being caused offense on behalf of my religion being insulted which is obviously like manipulating these concepts in these words very greatly. Darko is asking how force forced to find. Like I said, it, it gets very vague in many times. Um, this
0: was in response to how could I like, how do I know this was a mass or another mass? So such as like, you will, def- <laughs> the police will throw you into suspension. The judge will answer your question. Like, and such so is like good, like good, like asking the judge that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah is my Armin. With you and
1: your, Armin is always coming up with very creative solutions, and I think they might land him in trouble. <laughs> no, because I think that
0: these um laws are meant to be maybe I'm wrong about this, okay, but the vagueness of them is on purpose, so that you just have to be careful. Like, you do you know, would this get me in trouble? Who knows? Okay, so I won't you better do just. It. You just don't do it. Don't find out. <laughs> why, why don't even ask? You don't have to. Yeah. So um, oxymoron has some challenges
1: um, Oxymoron is saying Christianity is a bigger threat to India than Islam. Why? It's... Yeah, I don't I'm know if I can word. say this word. I don't know what this word is, and I'm worried that it might be a slur.
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> this might be a slur against certain ethnicity. So don't the read that. Okay. who.
1: Fall for free lunch now has guilt that's justified by a concocted sense of victimhood.
0: I think Oxymoron I is just trying to find a way to. But here's, here's how simplistic oxymoron's, oxymoron's mind works in like, this is bad. So if you move against it, it must be a good thing. Even if it's just like um, not helpful and stupid and the law doesn't make any sense, as long as it's a move against the things that I don't like, like Christianity, I will endorse it. That's how I, Oxymoron. So I
1: think what he's saying is that. So uh, this historically, this has been the case in India. Like the handouts that you get from missionaries, Christian missionaries incentivizes people to become Christians. And then, so they're basically getting quote unquote handouts, right? They're getting charities, they're getting remittances and amenities for the sake Mm. of being Christian converts or that incentivizes them to become a Christian convert, which is why like a slur for Christians in India is called rice bags because they're handed rice bags, right? Or historically. And, um, then once they become a minority, then they have a quote-unquote concocted sense of victimhood because now they're within the minority when really they became the minority to get free stuff. I think that's this what trying coll-
0: to say. Again, this is a collectivist mindset, right? So some people are... Have a false sense of victimhood, but some people have the correct sense of victimhood. But again, because of the they're they're associated with each other as part of community, you use the judgment on some of them to judge them all equally. This is again oxymoron's collectivist uh, way of thinking and coming up with judgments for. Uh, an and entire so I was just group of clarifying
1: people. that the term that oxymoron used was just yeah. to refer to Indians that were in the British army. Cool. Yeah. Thank for you. Traitors. Yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to check because. If you know, obviously, I'm not from that culture. I sometimes I walk into something that is a slur that I didn't realize was a slur. So I'm like, I just avoid it altogether if I don't know the term. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I've learned my lesson. Just
0: (laughs) all right. Can we? um, Can we? Yeah, guys, I didn't deny that there are Christians like that. I'm just saying that just because there are Christians like that doesn't mean that Christians are not uh, are not victims. Um, sometimes in India, they
1: are well, and these also, two,
0: These are not mutually exclusive things. I, I, you know, I don't know if you. If that's not that hard to understand, but yeah, go ahead.
1: Yeah, well, it's also a huge problem that people have that attitude towards the Christian nowadays. When it was the the people that they descend from descended from generations ago that made those decisions.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. That was like a long time ago. It was like, um, that was my great
1: grandfather that converted, and we've been Christian ever since. Like, why are you coming after me for being like a traitor to Hinduism? Like, you know, or yeah. taking handouts. That happened generations ago in my family, you know. now Also, we, that, that seems like a good are. deal. That's a good
0: deal. Like, uh, switch your imaginary friend for a bag of rice. I would do it for half
1: a bag of rice.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, why would not? It's free stuff. Like, why wouldn't you? Because you're just
1: betraying your civilization. <laughs> Good. Like Actually, card.
0: I'll do it for free. I'll give you a rest of bags to do that. <laughs> all right. Can you Oh my uh... god,
1: you play into the hands of our opponent so easily,
0: Armin.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's like, everything you say about me, it's true and worse.
0: <laughs> um all right. Uh, so i was saying I use the term false sense of uh, victimhood. Yeah, but some of them are correct sense of victimhood. That's what I responded. Such is saying, wait, hey, read this one. I don't know what that is.
1: I don't know what he's referring to, so I don't want to talk about it. Okay. 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 I think it's
0: yeah, like I don't know what that is. type of food. I think it's type of food. Okay. All well, right. It can we like clap? Everybody. It's in, okay. Can we clap for the next <laughs> one? no <laughs> a... oh, nothing. Okay. So um... Can we Yes, we why did I go to share? All right. Next news.
1: Next news. United Nations releases long awaited report on Chinese abuses of Uyghur Muslims. On August 31st, the United Nations Office of the High Commissioner of Human Rights released its report titled Assessment of Human Rights Concerns in Xinjiang Uyghur Autonomous Region, People's Republic of China. In 2017, the United Nations started receiving allegations of abuse from non-governmental organizations, think tanks, and media outlets, prompting the investigation. Since then, numerous research reports have been published alleging arbitrary detention, torture, sexual violence, and forced sterilizations, forced labor, and other ill treatment of up to a million people. Years in the making, with attempted blocks and delays by the Chinese government, the report offers a damning assessment of widespread human rights abuses committed against the people of the ethnic Uyghur and other predominantly Muslim minority communities. The UN-led investigation validated many findings of previous reports, including a significant increase in criminal arrests, convictions, and excessively lengthy prison sentences, along with mass referrals of individuals to what China calls, quote-unquote, re-education camps. The report states that China's indicators for identifying persons, quote unquote, at risk of extremism do not serve as actual and substantive indicators, but merely manifestations of personal choice in matters of religion and cultural preference. China's diplomatic mission in Geneva vehemently opposed the report's findings, and the Chinese government has released its own report to counter that of the United Nations. Many human rights advocates have expressed their disappointment with the absence of the term genocide within the report.
0: Okay. And what took, the, first of all, why there is an absence of the term genocide. Secondly, why did it take them so long to report, to put this out?
1: This is a very good question. And the question of why it took so long gets into actually a lot of internal politics within the United United Nations that like are on a level that I don't have enough of background to I feel like I can fully explain. Um wait, let me pull up the report I was looking at. So I was reading this report by the Associated Press which helped me make a lot more sense of kind of the behind the scenes politics that was going on. So the human rights chief, um, Michelle Blanchlet, um, she has been calling. She, people have been trying to get her to publish this report for months now. They first promised this like wait, back year, And then people were like, wait, when are you going to release this report in December? And they're like, Oh, it'll, we're going to publish it soon. We're going to publish it soon. They didn't do it. And this, um, the human rights chief she basically said like if i don't publish this before i leave this position then i'm a failure and they published this report yeah. literally minutes before, before the termination right? of her term of her right. ten, of, in her position and she's like i'm not doing this position anymore
0: <laughs> minutes <laughs> um, minutes before she was like leaving out the door like it's amazing why like was it a coincidence that it happened minutes before she her her position ended? Like was she no? no no okay so why 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 was it so why was it happening then like because she was so much under pressure that that's the only time that she could release it or else she would be like that means like China has so much in, like within the United Nations China must yes. be pulling a lot of levers to not let this report by yes. by the way guys for people that means China really cares about this report. OK, that they met that they were so adamant in not letting this report come out. Right. So pe- for people like, oh, this report shouldn't matter. Like they're going to keep doing what they're doing. Who gives a crap about that? We weren't finally approving this. If it didn't matter, why would China be try- making so much effort in making sure this report, trying to make sure that this report come uh, doesn't come out? So
1: and Wait, here's a quote the report which western diplomats and un officials has said has been ready for months was published with just minutes to go in her four year term
0: four years she's been, been ready to, do... to be
1: published for months and they literally minutes before her job is over they publish it
0: maybe they must they must have had some influence over her position um, amazing um, also guys like i know a lot of you say like why would why do we even need this report um We already knew what China was doing there. You have no idea how much more credibility this gives accusation, right? You you know, the world doesn't deal with just like, oh, news, you know, journalists, big tanks and journalists. Like, you know, the political world needs a higher degree of validation for things to actually move forward a little bit. And this makes the whole accusation of what China is doing. A lot more valid. Like this is a huge. Okay, so it this is a big heft,
1: deal. Heft yes. behind it. Yeah. Yes, here's exactly. a quote from um, the what website is this? The Uyghur Human Rights Project. Um, quote: This UN report is extremely important. It paves the way for meaningful and tangible action by member states, UN bodies, and the business community. Said World Uyghur Congress President um, Dulcan Isa. Accountability starts now. Quote, this is a game changer for the international response to the Uyghur crisis, said Uyghur Human Rights Project Executive Director uh, Omer Khanat. Despite the Chinese government's strenuous denials, the UN has now officially recognized that horrific crimes are occurring. Mm. So what's interesting is a lot of this report doesn't really um, give that much more new information. It's basically just validating what we... What has already been known and has more of the UN stamp of approval on it and the validation of their own investigations. So that's worth something because, I mean, unfortunately, the UN is like incredibly politicized in ways that makes me extremely depressed. But it's different than it being think tanks doing these reports, right? Or the non-official Uyghur tribunal that happened in London a few like last year, um, that, you know, it is important. Like these tribunals are important, but they don't actually have any authority. This obviously has a lot of authority. Um, and I think, um, it's important to, wait, where's my notes on this? Shoot. What I thought was really interesting was I was reading some of the report today and it gives recommendations to the business community. So now the UN is explicitly calling upon the just broader global business community to do their own research in their supply chains. The UN actually makes a series of specific recommendations, which involve basically tying in all of these other United Nations bodies and asking them to start taking action now one thing that i think is important to talk about is the lack of this the use of the term genocide armin what, are you, what do you think about that
0: i don't yeah i was gonna ask you why do you think they're not using the term genocide maybe okay maybe not yeah, go on. my my Honestly, guess would be yeah, you go, go first on. my guess would be not to uh, water down the impact of the word genocide do you know what I mean?
1: How would it be watering it down?
0: I mean, there's, this would be, a, a, because there's no validation that this is, I don't, okay, so they think that if they use it here, and again, I'm not ju- justifying this, right? Maybe people will be like, okay, we're calling everything genocide now, so it wouldn't have that, the the impact that it used to have at some point. I have a contention
1: it. with that, though. Oh, yeah. because it wasn't
0: justified. I was just saying, like, maybe Yeah, that's yeah, a, yeah.
1: There's a huge problem with that way of thinking because of our familiarity with the horrors of the big H, as we call it here for the sake of YouTube, you know, what happened to the Jewish people during how do you yeah, the do H-O-L-U. Yeah, the big H. I think we all know the what I'm talking H. about. Yeah. Because of how horrific and systematic that was, people now have the false idea that that is our standard for what is a genocide when actually that is very singular in the history of genocides. It's not usually that systematic in actually created into the form of a bureaucracy. That's very rare. Mm -hmm. And so because crimes or systematic attempts to eliminate or reduce certain groups of people don't look like that. People think that it doesn't count, which actually isn't true based on numerous different definitions of what meets the standard of what is a genocide. So based solely on the real and documented attempts of demographic engineering within the Xinjiang region as found by Chinese internal documents themselves that is genocide because they are manipulating that group's ability to have children be with their children and raise their children as they see fit with their own culture, with their own language that itself mm. already meets that standard. It doesn't have to be. Yeah. What we saw during the big age. it doesn't have to be mass executions. That's only yeah. one form of it, but I think, um, I don't know. I'm very torn. Part of me thinks that maybe it actually wouldn't be appropriate to include that term in this report. What I mean? think
0: I'm going to appeal to uh, genocide experts, okay? Yeah. Because I, don't, I think this is like, a, I don't think this is like, oh, it's a big deal, so it must be genocide. Oh, no, it's not that big of a deal, so it must be genocide. I think this is a very legalistic term and i don't think it's i don't think if they don't call it genocide it doesn't mean that they're not taking it seriously or maybe they're not like it might not necessarily maybe 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 it does mean that but i just think like we we don't we really have to, to talk to maybe an expert on this whether or not they think it was justified or not justified to call this a genocide yeah um yeah, these saying genocide just means targeting a certain com- uh, community. Well, they are. I mean, if that's the only definition, then this meets that definition, meets that criteria, right? So, yeah. do we have like a legal legal term that UN uses that is different from the common way that me and you use it? Like other, the rest of us? The United do Nations need-
1: does have a formalized term. There's also yeah. many different formalized terms. Like Oxymoron is saying that we should have a scale for this kind of thing. There actually is a scale it's kind of similar to how there are like many different definitions of what is fascism how do we define fascism how do we rank when a yeah. state is moving more towards fascism there are many different definitions and criteria for these kinds of things so it really depends on who you're talking to um but there were lawyers talking about why they believe it's such a failure that this term was not included in the report okay. and they say this if they report say could it, be-
0: if they say it if the lawyers uh, who are following this saying that's such a failure I will jump on that bandwagon and I will call it a failure. But go on.
1: So, there was the lawyer who was in charge of the Uyghur tribunal, for example, and they said this report could be dangerous, actually, in the long term, if it allows countries that prefer not to act in respect of um, the PRC human rights abuses to say something like, oh, well, things in Xinjiang are less than ideal. They've not reached the level of international intervention.
0: Oh, yeah. So, they're saying the report came out and it's confirmed. Not a genocide. No need for reaction, guys. Let's go home. Like,
1: it's bad, but we shouldn't it's bad. get
0: involved. But we, yeah, we only get involved when it's genocide. Okay, yeah, I see. I can see that.
1: And then, so they're basically, they're coming after, you know, the human rights chief who was in charge of this, um, Bland um, uh, Blanchelet. I have no idea how to pronounce these names. (laughs) If um, uh, Bunchalette did not agree with any of these determinations, meaning of genocide. She owed survivors, victims, bereaved, and even those doing their best to determine the truth a duty to say why not. So they're saying, okay, if you didn't think that it was a genocide, why not? Why did you not reach that conclusion? Why did you not use that term that was not specified? Mm. At the same time, I don't know. I don't know I I really have to look more into how the UN defines these things when what is their standard of when it's talked about these right. this way
0: I want to highlight a comment by Sacha, Sacha saying why is China so serious even if they open up a gulag the world will still keep buying Chinese products some uh, negatives of globalization I see Sacha, I don't know how much more wrong it could it could be this is like this is the most wrong comment i ever saw you ever had this will definitely um have an impact on china okay this is not black and white you don't it's not either you buy stuff from china or you don't buy stuff from China it's how much stuff you buy from China and how much political influence you live China have okay then more negative um attention China gets is definitely going to have an impact on the level of trade they get and it's going definitely going to have an effect on how average people in different countries look at China and how they vote accordingly and how much support they will give to their politicians to move against the CCP or not this will have serious effects And China knows this China knows this more than you do apparently because they are so eager in trying to spread their propaganda not inside China not just inside China but around the world because they know how much soft power matters when it comes to geopolitics and international affairs it matters so much and it impacts everything and it impacts how much Pressure they could inflict on other countries. Uh, The the less of a positive opinions people have around around the world on China, the more politicians can weaponize that against the CCP. This matters so much. Like it's not like oh people are just going to buy stuff. No, it it doesn't work like that. If it matters for Saudi Arabia, if it matters for Iran, you think it's not going to matter for uh, China? It's definitely going to matter for China. Even uh, especially especially a country like China, which. Relies so much on international trade. Mm-hmm. It matters for them even more than other countries.
1: And the UN made explicit recommendations for businesses to basically engage with them as less, least as possible. Okay, but I actually pulled up the UN definition of genocide. Also, it's really short. Just a second. Just a second. And also,
0: there are so much, right now, there's a lot of push because of these negative attentions China is getting, both by people and politicians. Uh, and um, and also political experts to diversify. You cannot not buy stuff from China. You're always going to buy from China, but you're going to try to buy less from China. They're trying to diversify to Korea, to Vietnam, especially to India, to the Philippines, to many. This the you know the, the for example, you know who bet on people not diversifying? Putin. Putin bet on that, and they and now like now you can see how much in such a short amount of time Everybody has lit a fire under their ass to try to diversify their gas out of Russia. Putin assumed like they're gonna keep buying uh, gas from me forever, but now he's go anim-
1: nuclear. Vi- Sorry.
0: And also, also China is also witness witnessing this, witnessing like see how much how much more motive- when you when you behave like this, when you behave in a way that the uh, international community is, is not happy with, how much motivation it, there will be to diversify out of buying stuff from you even when it comes at a huge cost to their own economy this much motivations must scare china to like okay this is serious the world liberal order has less tolerance than i thought they did have right so this is that's why it's important for people to continue um crushing putin but anyways girl, you, you found the de- definition
1: so the United Nations Convention on the Prevention of Punishment in the Crime of Genocide, Article 2. In the present convention, genocide means any of the following acts committed with the intent to destroy in whole or in part a national, eth- eth- ethnical, <laughs> ethnical, racial, or religious group as such, A, killing members of the group, B, causing serious bodily or mental harms to members of the group, C. Deliberately inflicting on the group conditions of life calculated to bring about its des- physical destruction in whole or in part. C, impose- D. Imposing measures intended to prevent births within the group. And E. Forcibly transferring children of the group to another group.
0: Well, they're doing that.
1: Yeah, they're, they're fitting many of these criteria.
0: Yeah. Um. At
1: minimum three out of five. Arguably. Right, let's,
0: let's read the comments and then get to the next.
1: Yeah. D is saying China has denied this every step of the way, even with the existence of the camps with proven by satellite imaging. Yeah. Apparently some of the camps have been wound down. I've yeah. been seeing reading some reports that some of the forced labor camps have been wound down, but instead they're moving from that structure to more incarceration structure. So it's, yeah. And moving from an I- re-education framing, supposed vocational training, to just straight up incarcerating people, imprisonment style, um, for the crime of having a beard and using social media, while being an ethnic minority. <laughs> um, do you have any other thoughts on this story, or should we move to the next one?
0: Uh, I, we can move, but you you start two other comments.
1: Oh shoot, I forgot. <laughs> um, uh, Higgs Boson is saying, Why are gray zone type leftists trying to whitewash this arm? And I think you'd be able to give very good commentary on because this. First they're of all, commies what, does, what do they mean by gray zone leftists for those who don't know?
0: Tankies, a, a special, unique type of commies that even other commies hate. <laughs> so, the worst True. of all people, basically. Um. No, seriously, they're horrible. Um, True. No, I think yeah, I think because gray zone type left. Let's just call them tankies, okay? Tankies like everything, and they don't. They're not even about communism anymore, okay? Their entire ideology is anti-liberal or anti-West, anti-America, including being pro-Iranian regime apparently. Oh, <laughs> That's that's how they look at things. Anything that is anti the United States um, is good. That's how they think. Oh, Susie, your profile, your avatar is Babak. I think because you're using Babak's computer. Um, wait, can I change her avatar? No. Um, also, another comment uh, Susie starred before she got, went. Uh, Gamerboy say, I think 35 people are watching much less uh, commenting live. I don't know. I don't have money, but I think uh, comment sections is only for members. I just no, wanted yeah, to yeah. say that
1: comment sections are not only for members. We just have a lot of people who were gifted memberships. So it looks like it because everyone has badges and it's green. But you know, yeah. comment section is for everyone and we're happy to have you, Gamer Boy. So thank you for join- joining us. You yeah, can thank do this you. free of charge.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. Thank you. All right. I'm going to get the next news.
1: I'm not used to seeing myself in such high definition. It's a little bit freaky. I'm like, you look
0: good. You look really good.
1: It's a little too close for comfort. I'm like, this is too much detail.
0: <laughs> people, people were liking it. in um, Can we uh, clap for the next news?
1: Sure. This is very interesting. Next news. Next news. France to deport Imam for anti-Semitic hate speech. On... August 26th, a French court decided to deport an imam, um, Hassan Ikiousen, that's a very difficult name, I'm sorry, I don't know, who was born in France but held a Moroccan citizenship to Morocco. Gerard Dalmanin, the minister of the interior of France, posted a tweet later that day which roughly translates to, quote, the Council of State validates the expulsion of Mr. Ikiousen, who holds and propagates in particular anti-Semitic comments in contrary to equality between women and men. Hassan, uh, famous for his controversial anti-Semitic comments and misogyny, has a wide following with over 174,000 subscribers on YouTube and over 44,000 Facebook followers, which he operates from his home in northern France. A lawyer of the interior minister claimed the imam has, quote, for years spread insidious ideas that are nothing less than incitement to hatred, to discrimination, and to violence. However, the imam's lawyers responded by saying that some of Hassan's anti-Semitic and misogynistic comments were at least 20 years old, elucidating that he never has been convicted for his actions in public. Hassan is the second imam to be expelled from France this year. In March, uh, Ahamad, uh, Ahamada Mahdi and his family were deported back to his East African country of Comoros uh, after he was accused of preaching sermons, quote, contrary to the values of the Republic after repeatedly reciting hadith, Islamic st- scripture that are derogatory to women. So I wanted to talk about this because this brings up several very important topics and questions. Because France has been dealing with this problem of Islamic separatism, they've been taking very hard line stance against it, and some of their tactics involve throttling the what imams can say, forcibly closing mosques and now deporting people who propagate values contrary to that of the Republic, which include um, like this guy was promoting the subjugation of, you know, women being women of, by men. Women should be subservient to men. That is something that the Republic takes a very hardline stance against. Um, also, the anti-Semitism, allegedly, that he's promoted. And um, this other guy that was deported in March, he was apparently deported for reciting Hadith. And so when he was deported, he said, I have no regrets because I was simply reciting the words of my prophet."
0: okay 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 here's the question okay the quran also has anti-woman verses in them okay so why would they stop at the hadith like does france is is france is government going to stop at reading the hadith but not go all the way to reading the quran and if so okay so here's the question okay so there are hadiths, Islamic scripture, that are anti woman and the guy was just reading them, I'm like, this is anti-French value, out you go, okay? So now, if I somebody openly reads the Quranic verses, if they don't, then kick you out of the country for reading the Quranic verses, especially, especially the Quranic verse that tells you that you need to beat your wife if you fear de- disobedience, right? There's a Quranic verse specifically telling you that you need to, it's not a good idea, it's a command to beat your wife if, after trying two other steps, after if you fear, not if she's disobedient, if you just fear disobedience. Okay? There's also a Quranic verse that, in the same Quranic verse, it tells you that women are subservient to men. It literally says that. It says men are, um, and by the virtue of Allah has gifted men, men are uh, in charge of women. It says that clearly. Mm-hmm. It also says, tells you that um men what to do with a woman that you captured in war, right? Uh, you know, so they're sex slaves basically to, it refers to sex slaves. Um and tells you that they're halal to you to have sex with them. Um my question is if they say like okay we're not gonna do this we're gonna do this for the Hadith and not for the Quran is France recognizing the authority of the Quran do you know what I mean? Because that seems like a double standard. Like, are they saying that the Quran is like? Why would they do this with the Hadith and not the Quran?
1: Oh, I see what you mean.
0: Is like, is the is eh. the France's government's official position that the Quran is a special kind of book? Because I don't think they would like to go there. So if they, the and French if they government
1: is now a Quranist.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, no, yeah. So I I don't understand. So they can't do that. They cannot be like, okay, you you can read the Hadith, but you can't read the Hadith like this. But you can read the Quran because that would mean that they're recognizing. The divinity of this book, if they do that, so they can't do that. So that means that they would have to apply the same standard to somebody reading the Quran, and that would be amazing. Imagine the Quran reading, reading certain verses in France will get you kicked out of the country. That would be insane. Is that what's coming next? Somebody try it. Like I think that's, are-
1: that's too much of a slippery slope thing to say that that's what's coming next. Because it, it could well, maybe be argued, this is me. This, this is pure speculation from me. They're saying like, okay, but you don't have to be the preaching or stressing these aspects of the Quran. You okay, know what I mean? What
0: if you do? That's what I'm saying. Okay, at some point somebody's going to do it. This is opening. Okay? A,
1: you know, this is opening certain doors.
0: I mean, you could accuse me of the slippery slope fallacy, but there's literally two options here. Okay, somebody just reading that specific Quranic verse. Okay what will the francis government do okay they either kick you out or they won't kick you out both of them seem kind of like you know the outcome of that is amazing okay because if they don't kick you out for that that means that the france government has has recognized the divinity of the quran okay if they don't because they're like hadith you can't the quran you can but if they do that would be even more amazing because now, reading the Quran, somebody has been kicked out of France for openly reading the Quran. And also, oh my God. then we have to, <laughs> oh we have to go God. with the Bible. What about the Bible? Because the exactly. Bible says the Bible has verses in it that specifically says women should shut up, shut the hell up, and just submit to men. The Bible specifically says that. Would reading the Bible, reading the Bible, kick you get you kicked out of France? By the way, these are. Um, what are they? Are they like permanent residents or just like temporary immigrants? These are, these were these what? Yeah, go on.
1: Here's the other thing that we need to discuss. This guy was born in France.
0: What? Well, he wasn't a French citizen though. Was he?
1: He held the Moroccan citizenship. I don't okay. know if he gave up his French citizenship.
0: Um... I mean, obviously, he's not a French citizen. You can't kick out a French citizen, right?
1: Why not? The UK rendered Shamima Begum stateless.
0: Okay, that was different. That, okay, first of all, I don't endorse that. Second of all, she joined ISIS. This would I know, be a but
1: mu- This is along similar lines. It's one is obviously much this, more significant okay. than the other. Okay,
0: this would be a much bigger news if France was kicking out a citizen like this would not be just like oh look like, like this would be this news would be blowing up right now like I don't think that's that's I don't think I don't think France is going to take anyone's citizenship away over reading the headies no this guy must have not been a citizen I don't th- there's no way
1: I don't know it. It but, there's no way okay but here's the thing what if that was the case what if no, he was would... he had what if he was a dual citizen? But because he was a dual citizen, they wouldn't be rendering him stateless. So they just
0: that would be outrageous. Knockout. Like taking someone's citizenship away, that would like devalue the entire point of your citizenship. Like that would like completely fundamentally destroy the meaning mm-hmm. of being French.
1: No, I agree. I don't, think,
0: I don't think that's what happened here. I mean that okay, should I'm not be to...
1: happening. I'm looking up more information, but everything in google is in german right now (laughs) um what's crazy though is that okay let me let me give you some more details to maybe play devil's advocate a little bit
0: why is pay there's a Persian guy being absolutely racist in the live chat Persian wojak is saying france citizenship is for white french people it's their own country (laughs) Like, you're advocating and removing his citizenship. Like, what it was he like, said why not, not a bunch
1: of Arabs. Oh, shocking. A Persian nationalist is racist. Shocking. Uh,
0: well, <laughs> shocking. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of racist. Um, oh, kind of. <laughs> oh, my God. This guy is absolutely racist. Jesus Christ. Okay, never mind. Yeah. All and right. someone
1: is pointing out, yeah, like, Shamima literally performed acts of violence or, like, was complicit in them. It's much more extreme. Obviously, I understand that it's much more s- extreme. I'm but busy. even that
0: I even that shouldn't get you removed your citizenship shouldn't get even removed for now. Your citizenship I should agree. be permanent. okay? If you have committed acts of violence, okay, you get punished for it as a citizen. you don't remove exactly. someone's citizenship away from them. but yeah.
1: So here's the thing. Okay, so the interior ministry said that he has, you know, spread these things that amount to incitement to violence and anti-Semitism for all these years. Um, And his defense lawyer said basically, okay, but these, you know, happened more than 20 years ago. And then he's never been prosecuted for anything that he said in public. And he said, yes, Mr is a conservative. He has made retrograde statements on women's place in society, but that does not constitute a serious threat to public order. The Interior Ministry representative retorted that the imam's words create fertile ground for separatism and even terrorism, insisting that he remains an anti-Semite. So they're like, okay, this happened 20 years ago. We, We believe that he remains this way. And then the Interior Minister said that he would change the law if the judges, if the high court judges said that he would not be expelled. So I think that's like going too far. We are like, if you are not going to deport this guy, I'm going to take this step of changing the law so that you will.
0: Uh, who's going to change the law? You can't just change the law. So that the interior
1: minister said... He warned that he would try to change yeah. the law if the judges in the high he's court bluffing. of France he's found that they wouldn't. Oh, I'm going to
0: change the law. Sure, sure. Like you're the interior minister. What do you think you can do? You're not like the entire, the entirety of the parliament change well, the laws me, i
1: don't know enough about the executive and legislative structure of how things work within it's, france to know if he well, has I, the authority to do something i like don't that.
0: know much about i don't know anything about france's politics but i'm pretty sure the interior minister is not just going to be able to just change the laws <laughs> i don't think it works anywhere like that yeah. um but here so hill is from france and he's like so later, uh, and he has some answers for us
1: He's saying he's Moroccan. He was born in France. He could have become French at eighteen, but he refused on the advice of his father because being Muslim and French are not compatible. Oh, okay. it's starting to come together. It's okay, so to see, right. I was right.
0: I was right. If this guy was a French citizen, you would not be able to kick him out. Like that and 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 for and good. Okay. And I'm glad that he didn't accept uh, the French citizenship so that you could kick out his RES, right? So that's good. <laughs> it worked out very well. <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm actually no, but I, no, I'm,
1: He's bringing up a good point because this underlines this issue of separatism that France is facing. The idea and belief that being French and a Muslim are incompatible is what is at this the fundamental issue at play here.
0: Yeah, wait, I was wrong about changing the laws. Uh, France, wait, se- France is a semi-presidential system. Ministers can uh, propose laws in Parliament uh a gamer boy is saying interior ministers can change law in the uk wow this is weird okay i'm not i'm not familiar with the structure could so like wow this is reducing the authority of the people if just a minister could just come like yep we're changing the laws, people like with that okay yeah. sure that's that's weird I'm not just,
1: thank uh, you for uh, the input from uh solier i can't solier. pronounce anything in french I don't know, <laughs> but I appreciate their feedback because having people who are more familiar with these specific individuals is really helpful, especially since there's a huge language gap with stuff in French. I find that oftentimes in other languages, it's easier for me to find translations of these things, but when it comes to French news, oftentimes I can't find translations very easy. It's easier for me to find translations for the myriad of languages in India than for French. It's crazy.
0: <laughs> All right, Bread of Life, I don't I don't agree with Bread of Life with Rebecca here. You want to read this?
1: Um, Bread of Life is saying hijab is almost as scary as Saudi Arabia with their religious Wait, intolerance. hijab? R- ripping hijabs off a woman. No, wait. Okay.
0: You didn't read that right. Read it again. You said hijab. Read it again. What? You said hijab, hijab. is also...
1: Oh, is France. France is almost as scary as Saudi Arabia with their religious intolerance, ripping hijabs off a woman. Okay, that is an extreme exaggeration. My friend,
2: yes, okay. (laughs) They there are
1: many things that I disagree with how they go about these things, but they are not as extreme as Saudi Arabia. That's just like patently untrue. The consequences are not nearly as severe. First of all, second of all, like there was a moment where they were there was moving towards banning the hijab in public for people under the age of eighteen. I thought that was way too authoritarian. Like I don't support that. But there are many other things that I think are warranted and very ideologically consistent.
0: Okay, and also their
1: own laicite
0: They're not ripping hijabs off women. No, they're just making it um, illegal in certain places. You can still wear hijab in public in France. Um, also, I am I am in favor of most of their intolerance. Sometimes they go too far. But most of their intolerance, most of France's intolerance of religion is justified. Sometimes, like we highlight, we we often highlight the ton, uh, the ones that we are not in favor of because that's newsworthy. But most of it is great. I think most of the world needs to catch up to France's secularism. But as far as I know, they haven't chucked anyone's heads off for this. So not yet Saudi level.
1: I mean, they... Um, <laughs> Historically, no, I'm
0: yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe, <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, yeah,
1: Brett the beach life is also saying, How about rules of the clothing at the beach? Okay, I think the beach clothing rules are stupid because I just yeah. don't like the amount of authoritarianism of the government saying what you can and cannot wear, like beyond just what is covering, like your genitalia, for example. I think that's ridiculous. Also, I think it's really stupid to be saying that you cannot wear burkinis at the beach because that is actually targeting Muslims that are more moderate instead yeah. of the ones that are more hard, hard-line. Like, a, a Muslim woman who is going to the beach at all and swimming is already less Islamic and conservative than one who that is not doing it at all. So I think they're actually targeting the wrong population with these laws. I think there's, like, a lack of understanding. Um yeah, yeah i mean
0: yeah i mean that one i disagree with again most of their intolerance is justified this one i disagree with but even this one that i disagree with still not saudi level i, I mean I, st- yeah. I don't think they beheaded anyone for this
1: um <laughs> cosmic heathen says laughs in guillotine <laughs> <laughs> sure.
0: well not recent. they haven't recently beheaded anybody not not over the hijab um Okay, of Life saying, I saw a video a while back of a police officer ripping a hijab off a woman at the beach. Okay, s- send that to me. I want to see that. Um, I, do, I would
1: like to see that. I mean, that just sounds like, that's not state policy. That sounds like an incident of police overreach and brutality.
0: Yeah. Also, I'm, I'm not surprised. not policy.
1: Like... If you see a woman, you literally go rip it off of her head.
0: Yeah, how far am I going because if it was recent, I would have think all the Islamic, I'm, I'm surprised all the Islamic channels I follow haven't uh, blown up over that. Um, but anyway, before we go to the, uh, the next news, people were complimenting the way you look with this new camera. Uh, uh, well, all Rebecca. credit goes to Babak. Okay, but you know, KP is saying Susie is looking tasty. <laughs>
1: That's will be pronouncing how I say guillotine, okay? I can't, okay, we've just accepted the oh fact that I say nothing correct on this show, and I don't appreciate the fact that you're not even, even close to being goddamn French, and you're correcting me on this too. <laughs> if people are going to come after me for how I pronounce things, at least be from there, okay? Give me a break. <laughs> Stay in your lane so I can catch a break. <laughs>
0: That's good first we had indians correcting you on your indian now we have indians correcting you on your french german everything
2: it's brutal out (laughs) here man
0: (laughs) all right soon they will correct you on your english if they keep (laughs) it oh no
1: yo i've had friends my friends were like yeah immigrants correct me on my english before so (laughs)
0: Rebecca, Rebecca, our bread of life in the live chat, she corrected, she, people have been making fun of me for so many days after she showed up on a Persian show, because there was a, I, I was, they, they they keep, they clipped that moment and everybody's referring to it. <laughs> they clipped but, you? <laughs> yeah, because they're trying to make fun of my Persian. So there was a moment in the show that I say, what's the word for this in Persian? And Rebecca comes with an answer before me. Oh,
1: and they were like,
0: embarrassing. This, that's embarrassing. They keep trying to use that as embarrassing me. That Rebecca, an American who's learned Persian has came up. Uh, yeah, that was bad. What was the like word? They, I forgot. I have to go check it.
2: was um,
0: it Apple? No, that was another story. Oh,
1: okay. I know how to say Apple in
0: Persian. What are you talking about? Choose. That's
1: why I wanted to say it. Seeb. <laughs> <laughs> are you suggesting I don't know how to say Apple in Persian? Like, yes. I'm,
0: I'm, I'll, I'll I'll slap you. I'm will slap you. <laughs> All right.
1: Hey, you know what? You can always say that your Persian is better than the frickin' president of Iran. So,
0: True, I have that. Um, my you can go shop. very good. I don't know what you're talking about. Like I I have had um, university professors on my show and I Said certain words, words in prison with them that they couldn't come up with. Okay, so Rebecca just had one moment. Okay, that's like that's different. It was a <laughs> fluke. She got, got lucky. lucky. She got lucky. Okay, all right. Can we clap for the next news?
1: Um, we don't like this, but let's clap. All right. Next. This news. is actually not good. Next news: Saudi Arabia hands down decades-long prison sentences for social media use. Recently, social media users in Saudi Arabia have been sentenced to extreme prison sentences over criticizing the kingdom online. On August 16th, Salma al-Shihab was given a 34-year sentence for following and retweeting posts by activists and dissidents. Salma, a student at Leeds University in the United Kingdom, had been visiting her home in Saudi Arabia during a holiday break when she was detained by the authorities. She was initially sentenced to three years for the crime of, quote, causing public unrest and destabilizing civil and national security. Later, an appeals court added the charge of, quote, assisting those who seek to cause the public arrest and destabilize civil, and national security by following their Twitter accounts and retweeting. The newly added charge resulted in a new sentence, which also tacked on a 34-year travel ban. So, 34 years in prison, 34 years travel ban. Shortly after the sentencing of Salma, a second woman, Nurrah Bint Said uh, Kaltani, was reported on August 31st to have been sentenced to 45 years in prison for similar offenses, such as damaging the comp- the country through her social media activity. Abdullah uh, Aloud. Regional Director of Democracy for the Arab World Now, or DAWN for short, stated, quote, it seems like the beginning of a new wave of sentences and convictions by new judges who have been placed in the specialized criminal court. These sentences come after President Biden visited Saudi Arabia in July, a move many believe granted the kingdom legitimacy and emboldened their authoritarian actions. So Armin your reactions.
0: I tell you, whenever you like remove the pressure, it emboldens these people. I told so. international pressure works. Whenever they think they have a, a, the upper hand, they're like, okay, human rights. Mm, what human rights, right? Because they don't feel like they're being cornered anymore. Also, this is, this this is the reform guy, okay? But people don't understand the type of reform that this guy is looking for is I give you things and then you say, thank you. You don't ask for things. You don't pressure me to do things. Like even the things that you demanded that I gave, I will put you in prison and sometimes even get you sexually molested in jail, even though I'm giving to, like for example, uh, letting women to drive, at the same time, they let women drive, they arrested the people, the responsible, the activists that were asking for it, and I put them in jail and make sure that they get sexually assaulted, right, for it, while making uh, allowing women to uh, drive. But again, it's very important for people to get the messaging right. If there's any improvements, it's not because of people's pressure. It's not a democracy. It's not liberalism. It's just the king being kind upon you. Remember where you're getting your gifts from. Remember that I, if I give it to you, I could also take it away from you. And this is why we should be so much against this type of reform, because the reform that these people are looking for is a reform that will so, like, solidify their power, right? And also a type of reform that it could be taken away at any moment. And it's also for convenience, for be able... to. For international relationships and stuff like that, for investment, for tourism, there's the reform that will be um, that would remain that would remain consistent and also keep progressing. Is not remains that is a gift from the top, but it's a it's a kind of reform that people are demanding and pre- and pushing for and pressuring uh, from the bottom up. That's what we're looking for. So this anybody who tries to sell this guy to you as a reformist, make sure you piss on everything they say right in front of them okay like make sure you <clears throat> sh- shut that down like this guy is one of the most evil villains that we ha- that we ever going to meet in our lifetime this guy is responsible for so much harm but yeah so it's kind of like it's kind of like having like um he's being kidnapped by this abuser and then thanking him for like letting you s- uh, sip some water after 3 weeks 3 weeks of thirst or something like that Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah.
1: So here's one thing that I think is really important to highlight. One, so this first woman, Salma, she got 34 years, which is the largest sentence known given to a quote-unquote women's rights activist. I don't know personally if she should be labeled as an activist. She is just a mother who was a student from Saudi Arabia who would sometimes tweet, her support for different social reform movements in the country. Support for women, support for Lena Al-Hathalu, who was the um, activist that you were referring to with the wedding, letting women drive. And so is simply tweeting your support, or saying like this, I like this, or maybe I, I maybe like a few tweets by a dissidents. Does that make you an activist? I don't think that's necessarily so. I. What also is, makes it difficult is her what she has been accused of doing wrong. Like, the tweets that are so offensive are very opaque. They're not really released. What has been publicly found is just, like, her Twitter account is very mundane. She has a little bit over 2,000 followers. Like, she would mostly post pictures of her kids and talk about how she was, you know, tired of dealing with the pandemic. Like, I almost feel like putting the label of activist on her might be giving her it might be in some ways endangering her because when I read the story, she just sounds like a normal person that sometimes retweeted people who were like, yeah, I want women to have better lives. Like by putting the label of activist on her, it might be kind of just separating her from just like being a normal woman, you know, like, Oh, she was actually an activist. She was doing something. She was asking for it. She was putting herself out there. It didn't even really seem like she was really putting herself out there. She, you know, Had less than 3,000 followers.
0: Imagine getting 34 years for retweeting people. Like, after after 20 years, like, yeah, 14 more years to go. Like, why am I here? Oh, yeah, I followed and retweeted certain people. And I spent, like, I'm spending half of my life in this place. Oh, my God. Like, Jesus
1: Christ. And what's also really important to highlight is that how... Like, do you know how in bed the Saudis are with the leadership and ownership of Twitter?
0: Oh, yeah, so much.
1: This is really important because Saudi Arabia has, I think, one of the highest per capita of citizens that use Twitter in the world. So I remember watching this documentary about um, Jamal Khashoggi, and in that documentary, which was released maybe like a year and a half ago, they said that in America, I think, the numbers might need to be corrected, but roughly like the rates of users of uh, Saudi citizens that are Twitter users is exponentially higher than other countries.
0: And they have literal exponentially spies. Exponentially higher. They have proven to have literal spies by the government with, working within Twitter.
1: That's they what I wanted out. to go to next. So this is also important because Wait, before are, you go,
0: uh, before this- you go there, before you go there, secular psychiatrists. Celebrated his uh, six months membership with the Atheist Republic with the comment, "Saudi Arabia needs major change from the people with the fence with the fist up." Thank you, Secular Sakai, for your membership.
1: Thank you for being a member, of Secular Sakai. Um, so, this is important to highlight. So, it, the depth to which the Saudi government is in bed with Twitter is so important not only because that's just itself important, but also because of the disproportionately higher rate of Saudi citizens that use Twitter, right? It carries more weight than it does in other countries because basically people like Saudis say, like Twitter is the closest thing we get to a parliament. We have really no other way to express our voices and opinions. So here's a quote from what we wrote on our website. In July, 2022, in July 2020, a Twitter worker accused of spying for the kingdom was arrested. Ahmad Abu uh, Abuamu, who worked at Twitter between 2013 to 2015, allegedly gathered the personal information of Saudi dissidents in exchange for hundreds of thousands of dollars. He was found guilty last month in a California court of conspiracy, wire fraud, international money laundering, and falsification of records in a federal investigation. The evidence presented at the trial included correspondence with the Saudi royal family and documentation of bribes to access, monitor, and convey the private information of Twitter users critical of the monarchy. So they mm. have people within the country going after, within the, within the company, excuse me. They have spies within the company going after people. Let alone, that doesn't even touch the problems involved with the amount of shareholding that representatives or people who have ties to the royal family and the monarchy have within the company itself.
2: Mm.
1: This is what kind of frustrates me about Elon Musk. Like His priorities with Twitter and everything. There, There are a lot of problems with Twitter and I appreciate like some of the ways he's going after different problems. He never talks about this to my knowledge, I have never heard him talk about this. Interesting.
0: Um, I, and, and which, also,
1: personally, is a way bigger problem to me.
0: Yes. He also never talks about uh, how um, China or uh, the CCP's problem because he has a lot of customers there. Uh, but also, Shaheen also celebrated his three months of uh, membership by saying, I wish the Khomeini regime did the same in Iran. I'm assuming, but did the same you're talking about um muhammad bin salman type reforms i mean you could at the same time i mean yeah you could be happy for the people who are being positively affected um by some of these reforms because if these are for, if they are you know for example for the women who are able to drive right as long as you do not congratulate the people who are doing it because because of how unsustainable what they're doing is and how what their motivations are and how much more harm they are causing beyond this good you could like you could celebrate this good in isolation while recognizing that there is coming with a lot more harm because there was another person sat here in the live chat was saying wasn't mbs better than his uh, predecessor and no he's a lot worse he's doing a few reforms but he's also act, doing certain things that are is causing a lot more harm i had a Show about this if you're interested in secular jihadists. Mm. What was the show? Like, I basically uh, critique um, Harris Sultan's view on this, right? So, I think it was something I could, I could look it up if you guys want to go, no, I go into some.
1: Know, like, Harris Sultan is wrong about Muhammad bin Salman secular jihadists. That would probably pull it up.
0: Okay. I'll look it.
1: That was such a good episode. You were going in.
0: Yeah. Armin was
1: just, I have, I love when you reach that level. Where you're just like, the gloves have come off. I am going <laughs> full blown after you for your position.
0: It's no, terrifying
1: uh, when you're on the receiving end of that energy, but it's fun to watch if you're not.
0: <laughs> no, but but um, Harris was very good at taking the criticism. That's so what was new. Yeah, York, so that
1: that's was- what I. Yeah, it was actually good back and forth. This is why I'm excited that you guys are going to be doing secular jihadists together now, because I think. Like getting more of that friendly fights that you guys have with each other is so entertaining, but also like thought provoking.
0: Oh, it's called Ex Muslims uh, Defend a Criminal. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, so if, let me see if you search for that, would it, I would just show up. Yeah, so if you search for this a video, Ex Muslims, yeah, oh. Ex-Muslims defend a war criminal. If you search for that, it's the first video. It's, uh, it's a bit long, but I go over all the uh, details here. And Harris Sultan actually jumps in at some point, starts defending mm-hmm. himself, which is very interesting. Yeah, go watch that.
1: Um, one thing that I wanted to point out is that Salma, this first woman who got 34 years, she was held in solitary confinement for 285 days.
0: Wow. okay
1: for simply like following liking and retweeting a few people that are critical of the government
0: yeah
1: so this is obviously intended to send a massive chilling effect
0: yeah throughout all, yeah. all of Saudi Arabia just wait for, basically the message is don't ask don't ask for anything wait for the reforms to happen when i see fit don't demand anything from me it doesn't yeah. come from you it comes from me that's what the message is
1: and also i think this is something that should be of grave concern to saudi citizens outside of the kingdom because she was off studying living her own life pursuing a phd when she visited saudi arabia on vacation and then that's when they nabbed her
0: so, she so the message did- is
1: also the message is also if you're outside of the kingdom you better freaking watch what you say because if you ever come mm. back you're on our jurisdiction now, and we have the ability to go after you.
0: Yeah, Asian Americans saying these laws are their way of feeling safe. Um, yeah, I mean, they they feel like they need it. Um, anyways, she we was should move-
1: tried in a counterterrorism court.
0: Wow, for following people on Twitter and retweeting counterterrorism, it's insane. The world is insane. Sometimes Kenya, I can't feel like, I mean, sometimes I don't know what to say.
1: So, what, yeah, given so all this saying, that's happened, Armin, hmm. in, in reflection, what do you think of Biden going to Saudi Arabia and fist bumping MBS? Literally, fist the, bumping MBS. The fist bump
0: was too much. The fist bump. Well, I mean, okay, so to be fair, okay, the Biden, first of all, it's not if fist bump is like a COVID handshake. <laughs> so fair enough. You have you can't be like, <laughs> like, okay, so it's like very you, um, they, there fist are bumps, sh- shaking lo-
1: hands, does it really make a difference?
0: Yes it does. Okay, first of all, the reason why Biden had to go to Saudi Arabia, okay, is because there is so much at stake, right? We have Russia using energy supplies as a way to threaten the world to submit to his will. And Russia not winning this fight is more important for sustaining the world liberal order than Saudi Arabia. Okay? Saudi Arabia is causing a lot of harm, okay? But it's a localized harm, which is, I'm not trying to downplay it, okay? But Russia, Putin's um, violation of international norms, and accepting that is a threat to the stability of the entire planet. Right, if these norms go out the window, like the stability that has made the entire world a more peaceful place after World War II. Anybody that violates these norms has to be punished significantly. So using his gas and his um, oil as a way to try to make the world bend to his ways, that should not work. This is not just about energy. This is not just about the U.S. This is just about maintaining the stability that this international body has managed to sustain after after thousands of years of chaos, of, of war and instability throughout human civilization. We haven't had this much stability forever, and we need to keep it. So there's a lot more at play here. So and you to be able to counter what Putin is taking off the market when it comes to gas and oil, you need Saudi Arabia. So I'm so sorry for what the cost is to a lot of especially... I mean, to be fair to Biden, to be fair to Biden, Biden has also managed to get the Yemenis and Saudis to do a whole bunch of ceasefires. So you were like, "Oh, this is coming at the cost limited, of the with Yemenis." Limited people. success. Limited success, but more success than than both Obama and Trump. There are a lot of Yemenis that are not being killed right now because of Biden. So let's be fair to them. Or
1: less, part,
0: right? Yeah, less. So this is, but this was, and an, this was necessary. And also, when you meet a politician and you're asking for them, you cannot not shake their hand. That yeah, would, like she- the the visuals for that, they were like, okay, this was like, imagine if Biden met him and like, I refuse to shake your hand. They were like, well, get the hell out of our country, then. This is an international embarrassment to us. Like, you are embarrassing us in front of the whole world. We have to not accept your demands right now. You cannot not shake your hand shake his hand. And given the pandemic, the shaking hands ad uh, now is coming at the form of fist bump. So this was not like, oh, we're buddy buddy <laughs> This was just this is just a normal politician's shaking hands. Right. So yeah, no, it's just thing.
1: in such stark contrast to when he was on the campaign trail saying that he was going to make MBS and Saudi Arabia pariah because what they did to Khashoggi is like, oh, okay.
0: Yeah, it is a contrast, but nobody could have assumed that Putin will do what he did. Like that was like. The world changes, situations change. Uh, You have to change strategy when the, you know, when the world, when realities differ.
1: Right. Yeah, I see what you mean. Um, Yes. Okay. I think we should move to the next news. I would really encourage people if you want to see our sources or what we wrote for our website about these stories, go check out the links in the description because. Um, D did a very good job writing the story and she talks about this app that I didn't know about where basically it's like a citizens policing each other app um, and it gives very like black mirror like, a crossover of Pakistani mob mentality and black mirror vibes via yeah the digital sphere it was very creepy and it was partially involved with this, like being reported on um, through your social media posts. It's, yeah, really insidious. So, um, okay, let's. Oh, go to the next news.
0: This is. Jamie Clapper. Oh yeah, okay. This
1: My- is hilarious. Wait, wait, wait!
0: Before okay. we go, no, no, wait, wait, wait! You should come a little bit more to the center. Okay, okay. All right, next news.
1: next news arab gulf nations demand netflix to remove immoral lgbt content of course on september 6th the gulf cooperative council or gcc demanded the immensely popular streaming site netflix remove offensive content citing material that violates islamic and societal values and principles the council includes Saudi Arabia, Qatar, Bahrain, Kuwait, Oman, and the United Arab Emirates. This recent change is likely a response to Netflix airing LGBT-positive content, including queer characters in many of its shows. Netflix still hasn't responded to the comment by the GCC. In a recently aired report on Saudi state television, an interview with a woman who calls herself a behavioral consultant called Netflix an official sponsor of homosexuality. (laughs) Esra Asari, CEO of the Saudi General Commission for Audiovisual Media, or the acronym for that is GCAM, said, quote, all legal measures will be taken to protect the kingdom's sovereignty citizens, and the residents from any intellectual attack aimed at affecting its society's values and the safety of upbringing their generations and protecting them from harmful content. A day after the GCC statement was released, the Egyptian government de- declared that they want Netflix to adhere to, quote, societal principles and values of the country they're streaming in. So I thought this was pretty hilarious obviously this isn't something we agree with but this is just too humorous to me
0: do they not understand the power of the lgbt community within these countries like you they would be crucified wouldn't like i don't know maybe i mean
1: within you mean within their countries of origin
0: yeah like what do like i mean rightfully so i'm happy that they have this power but, net, like, wouldn't Netflix be crucified within their home country if they were like, okay, no gays for you? Like, wouldn't that be, like, that, like people were like, wait a second, what? like they oh, have, People would be have going to,
1: after Netflix so hard, and Netflix can't tolerate that right now. They're losing too many subscribers.
0: Yeah, there would, there would be a boycott, and everybody would be participating, right? I mean, you don't even have to not watch Netflix. People would be like, guys just, like, torrented or something right um mean, like finally we have an excuse to like you know for people who like nest, don't, are against torrents who like now we don't have a you know now we're not feeling guilty but um again i don't understand like do they do they not understand that if you force them to choose be, between saudi market and their own home market because that's what they're forcing them to choose from right They're going to choose their home market. Like, they're not, they don't want to get boycotted by everybody. Well, it's the whole Gulf market, really. Yeah, but still, it's it's like a fraction of the people in America and in Europe who watch Netflix. And a lot of them are going to be like, screw you, Netflix. What the hell? Like, wouldn't they? Like, am I exaggerating here? Maybe I'm exaggerating. I just feel like. No, I believe you're right. I mean, when I say LGBT community, I'm talking about everybody, including their allies. Like, I feel like. Uh, I'm even in, included in that. Like, uh, we mm-hmm. would like everybody, you know, so, I don't know. I just think, like, and also, but when you do this, okay, so actually what they're doing makes sense, but let me finish this out and I will tell you why. Um, if they get kicked Netflix out of, the, you know, Gulf countries, people will still get these shows. I mm-hmm. mean, it's easy to find these shows. The reason why people lose Netflix is not because they don't know how to get these shows. It's just that. The environment is just more convenient. Like you're paying the monthly payment because it's just nice and you have all that, you could scroll down everything. You don't have to keep like downloading and touring. It just like takes a few steps away from you, like to save yourself some time, right? And just the atmosphere is nice and you like that. So that's why. We, but if you take that away from them, people will still watch these shows. So it's not like they're not going to get exposed to this content. And I, I think they know this. They can't be that stupid. Right. So I think this is just about them saving face. Right. Because if they don't ask for this, it looks like they're tolerating it. Right. So they know probably that Netflix will not submit to this demand. Maybe that's a very good point, actually. Yeah. And I probably, and also they probably know that the people who watch Netflix within their countries will continue to watch them because there's they they will find the shows anyways. Uh, The only thing that they care about is like, they don't want to seem like they're on the side of putting their stamp of approval on these shows, which I think
2: yeah. is what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. D is saying Netflix didn't buckle over Dave Chappelle. They will fight this too. I think so. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah then, I mean, then, they, so then they will be proud like,
0: of fighting this. They will, like, <laughs> like they will be like, of course, like we value, we are, we are like, this is the easiest choice. The easiest choice for Netflix. Like, do you think Netflix is like gonna be like, oh yeah, it's their culture, so
1: sorry LGBT. Like, that would
0: be the end of them. I think. I don't know. Not the end No, of
1: I them, agree. But, like, and then James oh. is saying Netflix apparently had a huge woke purge, though, just because they had a woke. This is purge, not woke. It doesn't. This is the, liberal. Yeah, I don't think they're anti-LGBT. They're fine with it. They just don't want self-canceling, God. self-silencing culture within their company, which is very different. Um Guys, being, I think when, I think, wait, 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 wait. I need to respond to this. I need to respond to this.
0: When did pro, when did being pro LGBT become woke? This is your traditional liberal values. This is not woke. This, they are there. Netflix is liberal. This is, they are all like most of the tech companies are, you know, if they're not woke, they're liberal. They're not going to go fully right leaning and be like, okay, or Islamic. They're These are liberals. Okay. Like we are liberals. What guys, can you please not group everybody that is to the left of you as like the wokies and the liberals? Can you please not you know yeah, sh- shove them together like, like
1: self-censoring, yeah. self-silencing that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um one thing that I think is interesting to consider is if they did move forward with this, what is like let's theorize for a second, let's just speculate. What if hypothetically Netflix did remove this kind of content from these markets? How do you think the right wing would respond? American right wing. Because I feel like the American right wing would be kind of torn. I think half of them, because especially there's such a anti-LGBT content phase, anti, you know, with the accusations of grooming, all this stuff going on in America with the culture war happening. I think part of the right wing would be like, based, we need this too. Awesome. But then I think another part of the right wing would be like, freaking out and sounding the alarm over having these countries have that much influence over American companies. Like, they would, you know, they wouldn't appreciate that level of infiltration, that level of influence. What do you think? How do you think the right wing would react if, like, hypothetically, they did a- appease the the GCC?
0: They would just call out their hypocrisy. They were like, oh, you're poor LGBT until it's, like, money for money, like, you're you're hypocrite until it's Islamic or for money, mm-hmm.
2: right?
0: Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's what that's what they would do, obviously. I mean, that's what, to be fair, that's what we would do as well. Yeah, um, of course. Yeah. But by the way, I think the LGBT stuff is more sensitive than racial stuff, right? Because, um, for Ch- for example, Disney, for, for China, Disney has different, different covers. And they don't show the black characters that hide it from the covers. Did you know No, that?
1: well, the. Sometimes uh-huh. there was one incident where you were talking about that, where that was actually misinformation.
0: Misinformation, okay, good. Um Also, I heard uh, Disney refused to cut gay scenes in Lightyear, for so that's good. So Disney has been consistent on this as well. They, like, yeah, they were so for-
1: they didn't ref- they didn't remove. Uh, th- it's like it's like the smallest kiss ever like one woman opens the door she's holding a baby another woman walks through the door and as she walks through the door she just gives her like a peck on the lips it's not making out it's literally just like a passing kiss and this is the Mm -hmm. outrage and um uh yeah so that because of that light year was banned in basically all these countries we already listed and same thing with um Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, the recent Marvel movie, they refused to edit out um, like a queer character and stuff like that, and because of that, that movie got banned as well.
0: Yeah, um, so they have been uh, consistent on this, so that's good. But even if they re- even if they submit to co- to a country, it would be to China, not to yeah. GCC like that. They have a lot more viewers. If they if they ever bend the knee, it would be to China. Like yeah. the GCC doesn't have that many viewers. To be fair, to, for them to be like, to to take such, a... mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, I think we're good here.
1: I like how Satya says the anti-LGBT stance of the American right makes me want to puke.
0: Yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was good. I
1: appreciate that Satya because <laughs> that's not an opinion I hear from many people who are politically aligned with you. So, did cool. you, you read know, this from D? He surprised me. Oh. Uh, No, that was from a different story. I forgot to um, undo the star.
0: Sorry, I ruined your moment that you were having (laughs) with (laughs) Satya. Didn't mean mean to interrupt.
1: (laughs) We were having a moment. We were coming together. I was actually thinking about it. I feel kind of bad about what I said about Satya and Oxymoron on last week's episode. Yeah. I feel somewhat justified, but as a person, I feel bad.
0: Yeah. I think Satya has offended that you grouped him with that whole mess. Like, what did I do? <laughs> I, I
1: understand, honestly. I get it. Yeah,
2: I get it. I, I, Here's the thing, here?
1: I have my I have my reasons, right? So yeah. in my mind, I have like reasons why I believe, not believe. I, you know, I have reasons. Oh, he's so offended
0: right now too. Him. He's offended right now too. He thinks like of course he's pro-lgbt like why did you expect otherwise
1: (laughs) i expect otherwise because of the sheer amount of horrific abuse i've experienced from people who are politically aligned with him my experience is so horrifically negative
0: Mm -hmm. so you did collective
1: no it's 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 on the basis of experience right like the fact that satya said that to me is a unicorn okay it's reasonable <laughs> to be surprised because literally everything in my previous experience has never led me to believe that that would be true so of course I, i'm surprised
0: um okay. all right um let's move know, forward this move is what are, are you okay
1: <laughs> yeah no i just can't i don't know So here's my thinking. I feel kind of bad about saying that I dismiss things that oxymoron and Satya say because of like their political liens and affiliations, right? I think I have a basis for justifying that logically. But then as a person, that's not how I would like to be treated as a person, right? (laughs) And so there's also just the part of me that, because I'm an extremely empathetic person, Like, I don't think that's a nice thing to do, even though, like, Oxymoron, I think, is a full blown fascist. And I'm so (laughs) empathetic that I'm even like, I don't even want to hurt the feelings of this person who has said the most abhorrent things I've ever heard. So, (laughs) because that's just the type of person I am. So I feel kind of bad. I don't know. Okay. Um,
0: All right. Let's move on to the next news. Um, Unless you want to add anything. Oh
1: no, that, that was it. That I was just having a moment of self-reflection publicly. <laughs> it's good.
0: Okay, no, I, I like these moments of self-reflection. I think like it's a window into how you think. And I, I think it's people would some people would hate you for it, but some people would get feel closer to you because the more they know about how you think about things, people some people will feel like okay, I know Susie now, I know how she operates and how she thinks. And it's good, it's good for people to get feel like that.
1: Yeah, like um, at the end of the day, I still see these people like just as people, right?
0: See, like yeah, exactly. And also Sharesh is saying like, relatable. There we
1: go. <laughs> <laughs> Satya is ah. so funny. Guys, stop. I don't know how to handle this. Indian liberals are not this good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's why you come here. You know, yeah. I am not perfect, but I try to be a good a good lib. A, mm. I'm one of the good libs.
0: <laughs> I'm <my> <laughs> Yeah. Also like people need to understand that the, you, you know, you're doing a lot for them. Like people in the left, you're, you're basically going out and I just come here and show up and just like comment. Right. But you are making, for the people that come here every week to see what the news is, you have put like a lot of effort into preparing things for them, researching things for them, studying it, analyzing it. And you come here. Yeah. And you and D and the rest of the team, and you just come here for them for free. So, and she's here for you guys. So, sometimes when she gets attacked by some of you, she feels like, "Why am I even doing this?" Right, right. Sometimes, right. So, but yeah. But usually, she feels usually these guys mofos. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> all right, all right. Should we clap for the next news? Yes, talking we can. About, talking about Susie, um, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Okay. Next news.
1: Next news. What did I title this segment? Okay. <laughs> Next news. All right. Susanna's interview with Indian ex-Muslim activist, Arif Hussein, uh Theravath. I just wanted to highlight the fact that last week, I talked to notable South Indian ex-Muslim Arif, who I really admire. I've been dying to talk with him for a very long time, and it finally happened. Um, so he interviewed me on his channel, uh, which if you scroll down, oh, you're going to share it in live chat right now. Thank you. Um, the name of his channel is just his name, uh, Arif Hussein, uh, Theruvath. Um, and I had so much fun. Um, I really hope I get to talk to Arif again. Um, I'm really fascinated by the explosion of Islamic apostasy happening in South India. Um. And this conversation I had with him was more structured with him just asking me about myself. Um, But at the end, I had an opportunity to talk a little bit about um, digging into his ideas of things. So I really wanna talk to him again. I wanna talk to him about India. I wanna talk to him about secularism. I wanna talk to him about the uniform civil code, which we talked about a little bit at the end, but like dig into these things more. I want to build more relationships and more networks with ex-Muslims in India or atheists in India, people who want to improve the secularism in India, make it something that's more consistent, more coherent, um, really one law for all. Um, And yeah, I was just really excited by this opportunity. I had a lot of fun and um, I feel lucky that I got the opportunity to talk to him. So check it out.
0: Yes, link is in the description as well, right under this video. So check that out as well. I think you should scroll down a little bit and you will. It's the 10th news item, so you should be able to get it. Uh, so I was saying, well done, Susanna. Yeah, well done. It was oh, really interesting. You. If you guys want to know Susanna a little bit more, you know, and you know, about the way she thinks, her views and stuff, and a little bit a lot more about her personal life and her background and stuff, this is a good show to watch. Uh, also, yeah. here's the name of the channel Arif Hussain. Uh, Theruv- How do you say this? Theruvat. I think it's
1: Theruvath.
0: Theruvath. Theruvath. That's a nice name.
1: Yeah. All right. It yeah, guys, go nice. check it
0: out. Here's do you have any,
1: what What was your favorite part of watching this? Because I know you were in it the last time well this was live.
0: Um, I liked the part where you were so political. And not at all aggressive about the part where he was like, um, the woman part, right? Like what do you yeah. think? You know, because he asked a question that I think to me, if I was answering, unfortunately, I would be like maybe coming across as a little bit more what might be perceived as hostile, which is not a not good, maybe not good. But I was so impressed in how you responded to that because you basically said what I thought, but in such in a way that it just came up as came across as not even a disagreement. I don't know how you did it, but it was like that was so masterful. So it's, it was a, it was the part where what was it like about like what do you think um, as a woman activist? What do you think we should do f- to? What is your message to other women or what should we do to let more women speak? And I just have an issue with that as a whole because I think like you're, Susanna is much more, you know, she's so many things. When it comes to her activism, you know, being he, her, she being a woman is the least significant part of her. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think I, mean, I said that. Yeah, so, I mean, and I, and I just think, like, you, you don't always need to, unless, they're, unless that person is specifically being targeted or oppressed for being a woman, you don't need to assume people are victims just because they're a woman, unless that's what their story says so, right? Um, and I think, like, you just responded to that, saying that message but much better than i would ever and i was just so impressed with how (laughs) you
1: oh thank you yeah Yeah. i had a lot of fun yeah yeah i think um at first i was kind of like i didn't appreciate just being like put in this box of like oh you're a woman activist but then when i was talking to him i understood the context of it so much more um Mm -hmm. where Literally just the social contexts are so different. Like I r- literally don't feel like I've experienced much sexism or oppression for being a woman. So it would be kind of foolish and irresponsible for me to pretend otherwise and me playing like a female victim card. Because that's just literally what I don't feel is my experience. But um, if I say that too casually, people are going to take that and to dismiss people who legitimately are. Facing right right a lot of discrimination See, see that's
0: why that's why you handled it a little better than I did right because I wouldn't have been careful to notice that other side you you know what I mean like you're thinking about the other wo- other women who are victims for being a wo- woman and you wanted to make sure that you answered it in a way to not dismiss their experience right um, and you being careful of that was like very impressive. I just like
1: just- living <laughs> <thank> yeah <you. laughs> <laughs> I'm too silly. I'm sorry, guys.
0: <laughs> Anyways, yeah, it was kind of funny
1: I, I I hadn't thought about it before. I was thinking it actually made me think. I was like, I actually don't think about being a woman, yeah, like, very much at all.
0: Well, unless anymore. Know. yeah. yeah. I mean, The only time well, that you'd... I was
1: fixated on that was when I thought I was transgender, for like a year. For a year. Yeah, yeah. which is a whole different story. We <laughs> should going to be a lot of people who are going. What?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You are actually very sensitive about people going through mm, transitions prematurely because of your experience, right? Yeah, yeah. You're like, you're like, imagine how screwed up your life would have been if you had submitted to that. So. So that's why you're kind of sensitive with that. Yeah. We should talk about that one day because that's very interesting.
1: I kind of talked sh- about it when you first interviewed me on Secular Jihadists.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should have talked about it to with Jimmy because he would have sympathized with that.
1: Jimmy Bangash, We've had yeah, some personal yeah. conversations about it.
0: Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. Shriyasha is saying, by confused? No, I am. I am not confused about that at all. Bisexual no, no, supremacy she's... for the win. Okay. Oh no, Susanna
0: is Susanna is very bi, and she's very very clear about that. <laughs> she, she's ag- Susanna is aggressively bisexual. Okay. <laughs> 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 All right. Hi, dear women and men.
1: okay let's end the show before i get in trouble Um. okay okay all right guys this
0: was fun make sure you like the stream make sure you leave a comment guys the likes and the comments and the subscribe and the bell notification they actually help us grow it doesn't cost you anything to do it it takes you half a second to just like the video and it really has a major impact on our channel growing so please please Make sure you like the video before you go. Like, there's no reason why you shouldn't be doing it. Okay? So, please do it. Um, Oh, love from friends. Well, love back. Oh, Um, yay. Thank you, everyone,
1: for joining us. I love spending this time. I feel like I just get to hang out with my friends and be silly and talk about stuff going on. Um, Which is probably why I say a lot of things too casually that I shouldn't say (laughs) because I'm too comfortable.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love it. I love it. All right, guys. Make sure you like and everything. All right. Bye. 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 Oh.